I know you're out there. I can feel you now. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you.
And welcome back, fuckers, to another edition of the Patriot Party Podcast. I am the Mick, and with me, of course, is my lovely, more spooktacular better half. V. Lynn. Hello, Patriots. So, uh, yeah, a little uh, little something to get us in the mood for today, as it is Halloween. And uh, I apologize. We've been trying to get out a news podcast for a couple days now. We just have run into every issue under the sun, if you can think of it. We've had it. Um, kind of comes when you're trying to sell a house, move, and, oh, by the way, you have, still have to work two jobs. And, and put out like five podcasts a week at this point. Yeah, you're going to have that on those big jobs. That's what I like to say. So, uh, Although when we went on Red Pill Project the other day, that was pretty much like a news podcast. I mean, it really was. We, were we hit a lot of stories. For 30 minutes, and but we were we on, for two, on hours. for two hours. So, so if y'all were missing our news podcast, I did direct all of our um, friends on Telegram to go check out the Red Pill Project that we were on because that's pretty much in lieu of our regular news podcast. But we're back today. It was a... Uh, it was, uh, it was pretty good too. It yeah. was uh, one of the more smashing episodes. We got a lot of people, uh, got got a lot of new listeners out of that. Uh, so welcome. So yes, if you're just joining us, welcome. Um, and from our old listeners, uh, appreciate you coming back. Um, we have some a little bit of housekeeping to do. Uh, we had some comments. We've had comments. We've had uh, some other things that have taken place over the past here. Uh, there's something I want to reiterate again for our new listeners, um, just so you're aware. Uh, <clears throat> If you want, first of all, for the new listeners, if you want to know why we open with "Welcome back, fuckers," uh, Joe Biden called us fuckers a uh, long time ago. Long time ago. We don't forget things, not um, like he does. And yeah, I've memory like an elephant. Um, and I got to tell you, that one's not going anywhere. And I'm going to open every podcast, every show that I do will be "Welcome back, fuckers," because uh, if you're listening to us, more than likely you're a fucker. So uh, welcome to the crowd. Um, <laughs> thank you for joining, and. Um, Get ready, strap up, sit down, hold on to your ass, pull your chair against your ass, and be ready to go because um, we use every word in the English language. I am not afraid of it. I was in the military for 21 years. Fuck is like a comma to me. I drop it everywhere I go. That's It true. is an acronym, all right? It stands for fornication under consent of a king. In case you were wondering, fuck is an acronym. I use, we're going to be back to using that soon. I use that um, like... It's going out of style. I apologize if it offends you. Uh, we did have one lady, and she, I, I got to tell you right now, she commented on the really the wrong episode, but you know what I do? <laughs> I have more respect for her than any liberal out there, uh, any of the other fake trolls that hit us up on uh, Apple iTunes and all that other crap. Uh, she came on. She made a very well-informed statement, and uh, she, we're not for everybody, folks. So I'm going to be honest Here's with what you. she said, and this was on Rumble. She said, I listened to your show for about half an hour. I like the idea of what you're doing, but I didn't appreciate the constant use of the MF or words, etc. I believe there are a lot of people like myself who are turned off by this kind of communication. I am not telling you that you have to change, but I choose not to listen. Even Ilhan Omar doesn't dirty up her language like that. God bless you signing out. Well, minus that part, the Ilhan Omar com comment, um, she, <laughs> she, she still, she's got some balls. She's got some balls. Yep. Why? Because she went on our Rumble where she could have been called out by every one of our you know, other listeners on Rumble and nobody said anything. And that's the way it's supposed to be. People, look, I'll take advice when I get it, but this is one I'm not going to back off of. I think it takes away from what our show is. We're trying to be real. Um, I'm not really sure what she does for a living. I'm not going to say that she's a horrible human being for what she said. I agree with what she said. I'm glad she said something. I think that's, I think that's very impressive. And I, am, I stand steadfast behind that. Um, but I'm going to say this. Most of America uh, speaks like I do. For those of you that think that people don't cuss, you are higher than a kite. Um, <laughs> because we fucking drop bombs 
all the time. I, I've worked in, I don't know how many different jobs that so many people told me, well, you have to change for that. No, I will not change for anyone. I'm going to tell you, I'm very frank. I'm very upfront. I'm going to tell you exactly what I think within the first five seconds that I see you. If I think you're an effing idiot, I will look at you and say, you're a fucking idiot. Now understand too, though, I do show respect because We've had several guests on, especially in the last week. Several guests, they don't cuss. And if I have a guest like that in front of me and I know they don't cuss, I do everything in my power to ensure that I don't. You've been really good. So basically, And I've been an angel on those episodes. How it lays out as our news podcast, such as the one that we're in right now, um, we use every word in the English language. If you don't like the profanity, then check out our interviews because we tend not to cuss so much in the interviews. Maybe one or two here in the intro, but generally the interviews are more family friendly they are and we don't I, I don't you know especially if i know the person that's coming on we had pastor dave on the other day great guy um that was an I, amazing interview i i know he doesn't cuss and uh i didn't say i didn't say drop one f-bomb didn't drop anything I, and I do my best, folks. I'm telling you right now, I do it out of respect for my guest. I do not do it because I'm changing myself for that person. I do it out of respect for my guest. I know that they don't do it, therefore I'm not going to do it. So that's all it is. I'm just throwing some housekeeping out there. I, I applaud that woman. Trust me, I have nothing but respect for her. I even gave her a rumble because I think that's important. Um, we tell you that if you don't like something, drop a comment. If you do like something, drop a comment. Um, a lot of the comments we get back are normally pretty good and we have every one of those you know and but when I go and find people like Mayflower Dar for instance and I will continue to beat the hell out of her because she um, I don't even know if she exists anymore I don't even think she's real but all the other ones if you go on Apple iTunes you look at the rest of our comments all of those the bad ones they're all fake people they're not even real people they're bots so the liberals have a bunch of bots that troll Apple iTunes and they go after red leaning patriot sites I don't care well, here's ahead, another real it. comment. This was on the MAGA Institute. Uh, Bicca13 said, can we talk about Colorado? I can't be the only conservative that listens to your podcast. Princess GOPO needs to go. Heidi Ganahl? I've not heard of Heidi Ganahl. I have not either. But I tell you what, I know probably somebody that has. And yep. we're going to be out there in about a week. Yep. So, yes, we will talk about Colorado with Josh when we're out there because we're going to be out in Denver. So we're in the Denver area. Uh, so absolutely, we will definitely talk about Colorado. That will definitely happen. Um, and there were a couple other comments, too. She, she dropped another one, too. Oh, yes. If we do start live streaming, we will keep the recorded podcast just like normal. We will not do anything different. Uh, everything will stay the same. What we currently have going will continue because uh, I believe that was the same person. Um, that will continue. That's not going to change. It's not like I'm going to stop recording the podcasts. Uh, we're just going to live stream because I'd like to see what some people are thinking about what we're saying right at that moment. And I think that'd be outstanding. So yeah, um, absolutely. We, we just want to do a live stream. I think a live stream might help. I don't know. I'm, I'm really not sure about that, folks. We're still trying to figure all that out. So just stand by. We're, we're, we're old and learning as we go. Exactly. We're going to progress through this as we need to. Um, I, I'm just we, I'm just trying to figure out something else that might help out and might keep some people going. So either way, uh, moving right along, that the housekeeping's out of the way. Um, we have uh, we got a lot of news to cover because we have been off the air for such um, uh, uh, well, not really how off the air, but as you can see, we're going to start out today. We're going to just jump right into this because right there on the monitor, right in front of me, you can see um, we got the. Tiki Torch scandal, that uh, Tiki Gate, as we're going to call it now. Um, <laughs> Why and, is everything um, a gate? 
Uh, that's just the way Watergate. I know, but you know. Watergate was the name of an actual hotel. Yeah, so everything's gate after and that, after and that, that was an actual conspiracy. So I, I know, but I don't. I, that's just the stupidest thing. It is, but it's just the way the news. It, well, the news is very stupid. Very one. I got. But that. I love the fanboy or the uh, Fed boy. You know, the Fed boy sitting <laughs> in the front there, there, and they're all holding the tiki torches. So that's just hysterical. <laughs> Man, those FBI guys are so screwed for the rest of their careers because every time that anybody has something like this, that's the it. Fed boys are going to be dropped. They in might as well just quit because. Yeah. I mean, they're never going to be able to go undercover yeah, ever, 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 ever. But moving right along, first, we're going to start out in New Jersey and Virginia. Uh, these are the two big states. Obviously, we've got elections coming up Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, folks, uh, if you've not been watching the news, uh, I beg of you now more than ever, especially if you live in one of those two states, you need to get on there, watch the news uh, especially right side news, because you're not being told the whole story. Um, and Jersey, uh, you got Phil Murphy running for governor and uh, Jack Citarelli. Uh, Jack Citarelli is actually up by eight points right now in Jersey. Um, he's really making Phil Murphy look like an idiot. Um, there was a great big story that came out in Project Veritas. Project Veritas dropped some bombs again, yep. doing what they do best. Um, they nailed him lying um, about it in his campaign. So this is uh, this is getting really ugly for Jersey because once again, we have another blue state um, crafting a narrative that doesn't exist. And uh, Phil Murphy and uh, Jack Citarelli been going back and forth about vaccines and everything else. And now Project Veritas uncovers the fact that Jack Citarelli is actually, um, he is freaking... Uh, not Jack Citarelli, but Murphy is actually lying to all the Jersey voters saying, oh, I'm not going to do any mandates when in actuality, he's just waiting until after the election and then he's going to start the mandates. Yeah. So listen to this. Sí, excluded workers. But if he if he talks about it, then it's going to be suicide for him. For if he does, if he does it right now. Yes. Yeah. But he's going to do it. Yeah, we need to just get him elected first. Once again, the senior advisor for Phil Murphy's campaign is not shy about hiding certain information from New Jersey voters. Before, it was about vaccine mandates. Now it's about the state allotment of taxpayer funds towards illegal immigrants. Que el dinero que había, que no. Yo no estoy empapada en nada de esto, pero eso vengo de ti porque tú eres la experta. Tú dices recovery. Sí, todo eso. Excluded workers. Para los lo trabajadores indocumentados. Yo creo que son 40 millones de dólares, algo así. Y designar eso en este momento sería un suicidio político. Si él designa eso para los ilegales, entonces no va a decir nada ahora. Se ha dado ya un dinero. Pero no se ha dicho. No se ha dicho. Lo que pasa es que quieren más. Creo que ya los 40 millones, eso fue lo que se dio. Pero no les hemos dicho porque si no es un suicidio no para ellos. No, han él. dicho ya. Quieren más. Oh, porque Nueva York dio, yo creo que son 200 millones de dólares para los excluded workers. But if he, if he talks about it, then it's going to be suicide for him. For if, he does, if he does it right now, yes. Yeah. But we he's going to do it. Yeah, we need to just get him elected first. So what do you think? Do you think he'll give more money to the undocumented? Uh, I think there's definitely going to be more aid, especially this will be his second term. And the goal is to win even more seats in the legislature so that we can, like, just 
push push through. Governor Murphy and his team seem to think that they cannot win re-election if they tell the voters what they actually believe. Of course, for voters to make informed decisions about who's elected, they have to know what they believe and what they're going to do. Stay tuned. So there you go, folks, uh, right there, uh, Project Veritas doing, you know, Yeoman's work right there, right off the bat. So Phil Murphy is basically a uh, bag of shit, and uh, Jack Citarelli is trying to pull Jersey back from the brink. Uh, as Jack Citarelli, Citarelli stated in the piece that I just had, if you give me one second, kind of threw that one out a little fast. Um, it was an epic news uh, story. And uh, Jack Citarelli uh, said, said that he wants to fix uh, New Jersey first. He said spending is way, way out of control. Uh, moreover, New Jersey has also borrowed nearly $4 billion, and the state's spending is up $11 billion in less than four years. Uh, that's But a they're going to give $40 million to undocumented workers? That's just insane. Uh, that is just a lot of money, folks. That's just ridiculous. I mean, most... Most states don't even come near that. Uh, Murphy administration forecasted high payments of unemployment benefits in New Jersey, which resulted in unemployment insurance and fund deficit of nearly $1 billion in June. While, in fact, the state unemployment and fund held more than $51 million in surplus at the end of June. So they were actually not even pumping the uh, unemployment out, which is really crazy because then that kind of becomes like you're so cooking the, the books. Yeah, you're cooking the books. I would think that would learn, uh, lead to a legal investigation, uh, especially on that side. Uh, but the big part about Jersey folks, get out and vote. Get out and vote. Vote, 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 vote. This is not one of those times where you listen to these idiots that are going on about how, well, your vote doesn't count. That's not true. Your vote does count. Yeah, we, and if you watch the news, just think of it this way. They're all saying that uh, the stories they've pushed out, Trump told everyone not to vote. That is not true. Trump said there's no 2022 until 2020 is fixed. That doesn't mean don't go out and vote. That means that we need to make sure that you vote and that there's no more cheating going forward, which they're already setting up for the cheating. And that's just insane. But there, I saw a story just the other day saying that, well, we're not sure that we're going to hear the results of Virginia until a couple days or a week after. Well, that's Sounds actually, familiar? no, that actually isn't what really happened at all, but it is close and it is already happening. Remember, if you and I talk about voter fraud, what are we considered? Uh, we're conspiracy theorists or domestic terrorists. And we're or, crazy. Oh, absolutely. And, oh, my God, you're a January 6th supporter. Yeah. Uh, well, get this. Virginia Democratic Governor uh, McAuliffe, um, is, he is going on this rant right now. He is starting it. Um, he's saying, hey, look, um, my election's being stolen. Yeah, That's exactly what I did. I laughed, too, because um, the election isn't even... Over Has yet. he been hanging out with Stacey Abrams? I, I think so. Um, but understand that right now, Glenn Youngkin is up 8% over Terry McAuliffe in the governor's race in Virginia, so, which, which is outstanding. Which really means like 18 to 20% because so, that's in a, left, in, a, in a left side poll. If we've if we flip Virginia, we flip New Jersey, uh, that is really bad. I'm just going to let you know that that shows you where the voters are in the country, um, which means we're going to win by landslides in the Republican races in 2022. But the bigger part of this, um, which is really weird, is McAuliffe uh, and his shocker that he's up over this. Um, he uh, 
he, well, he had this story. Uh, there was a story that went out kind of by Fox News, uh, not by mistake. It was accidentally emailed. So uh, let me just read this to you. The Fox News survey showed Youngkin leading McCall by eight percentage points and most likely with voters in two percentage points supporting candidates or the undecided. The represents a dem- Democratic turnaround uh, just from two weeks ago when the polls showed McAuliffe with a 51 uh, percent support from likely voters, 46 percent uh, supporting Youngkin and three uh, percent undecided. Youngkin also leads McAuliffe in a single percentage point, 48 to 47 among all registered voters, 12 point turnaround from two weeks earlier. Um, which is also true. He had a 52 to 41 advantage among registered voters. The poll also shows more news for President Biden. Fewer than half of Virginia's registered voters, of the jo- uh, 45% of them, approve of the job he's doing currently as president, down six percentage points from just two weeks ago. On the other hand, 53% of the registered voters and 56% of the likely voters disapprove of Biden's job performance overall, up to a f- up from 48 and 49% respect- respectively in mid-October. McAuliffe, who served as Virginia governor between 2014 2018 has considered a strong favorite to keep the commonwealth's executive mansion in democratic hands and biden carried virginia by 10 percentage points last year alone uh, however mcauliffe has stumbled repeatedly and the topic of education long considered uh a pet democratic issue as it pursu- pursues to raise uh concerns about impl- implementation of the critical race theory and other controversial topics from 12K curricula. During the September 28th uh, debate, McCullough flatly stated, I don't think um, parents should be telling schools, uh, <clears throat> uh, you know, I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach when he asked to re- respond to complaints about sexually explicit books being taught in the classroom. So he's been, this has been going on for a hot minute, but the bigger part is he sent an email and he said, let me be clear, um, in this email, where the hell, oh, I had it, I like, all right, there we go. Uh, so he sent an email, and uh, the email, Terry McAuliffe's campaign raised eyebrows by spending nearly $60,000 to hire a high-profile attorney known for masterminding the election-related legal challenges when Fox News sent a campaign request for comment. McAuliffe's campaign scrambled to kill the story, according to emails mistakenly sent to Fox. So Fox News found out about this lawyer. And who is this lawyer that they hired? Hmm. Um, Mark Elias? You're correct, from the Elias Law Group. <laughs> Same Mark Elias uh, who earlier this year, he was the one who... Uh, if I remember correctly, he was the one who was also supporting um, Sussman. Yes. He is uh, representing Sussman. So, uh, yeah, McAuliffe's campaign spent $53,680 for the Elias uh, Elias Law Group, the firm that Mark Elias started over a year ago, Fox News previously reported, and when, uh, to dispute the challenges of the election. So they're already starting with the election was stolen from me. So what that actually means is they've hired Mark Elias to figure out how to cheat to steal the election because everything they say is the opposite of the truth. So if they say they hired Mark Elias to dispute the election, they've actually hired him to steal the election. Well, actually, I don't know about that because we, we, we don't always say that. What we normally say is they're going to tell us what they're going to do up front. And this could be what they're trying to do up front is what they're trying to do is find a way that they can say that uh, Youngkin cheated. That's what I bet's going on. I think the other way around. I don't think they're trying to figure out how to cheat because he's a defense attorney. And if you think about it, he's going to start something, a legal battle over the election itself. 
So he's going to say, well, these guys weren't voting or they weren't allowed to vote like this or they're looking for clerical errors in the vote count. What do you want to bet? I'm just making making Mm, a bet here. Like uh, I'm calling it today. October 31st. Yeah. Um, And well, that's the funny part. So what did what did McAuliffe say in one of the emails that was accidentally sent back to Fox? How that they would be moving forward with a forensic audit at the end of the election if the numbers do not fit what uh, McAuliffe feels Currently, the polls are showing. Well, the polls are showing him down eight points. Exactly. So, <laughs> so which we all know is more like 18. 18. Um, he also said, McAuliffe has also embraced Stacey Abrams and claims about the 2018 Georgia, Georgia gubernatorial So race. I was right. He has been hanging out with Stacey Abrams. She would be the governor of Georgia today had the governor of Georgia not been disenfranchised 1.4 million voters before the election, McAuliffe said. He introduced Abrams at a campaign rally event earlier this month, and it just happens that Stacey Abrams took the votes away. Um, McAuliffe also previously nodded among Abrams reported that some have described the big lie about the 2018 election. The big lie, folks. Um, weren't they saying that about Republicans? Yeah, that Trump saying that the election was stolen yeah, was the big lie. Big lie. Yeah, no, no. Liberals have a big lie, too. Well, Their yeah, big lie goes big back to 2018 when Abrams lost. And that is a big lie. And that is a huge lie that even Stacey Abrams hasn't come off of yet. She still believes that oh, well, I'm the oh, governor yeah, of Georgia. Oh, yeah, she said she wasn't entitled to win in Georgia, which... It, mm. So what does this all mean, though? Well, hold on. I've got 30 seconds here. You want to know how the voters feel about um, McAuliffe and Biden as an extension of that? Well, watch this. We love Trump. Talk to me after this is over, okay? Let's meet out in the parking lot. Well, thank you. Look. Thank you, thank you, thank you. They even got him to say it, too. That's right. This is not a Trump rally. We let him holler. We let him holler. I also like to thank members of the congressional delegation that are here. They're, They're literally yelling, we love Trump, in the background as Biden is speaking. Yeah, that's hysterical. I mean... So... Where, where's this leading? Everybody asks me that. Well, why are you so big on this, these two elections? Well, first of all, they're huge. Because you flip, the, you flip blue states to red, that's gigantic. That's awesome. That's a huge win in our column. 2022 looks even more red. The red wave is coming then in, in 2022. However, there is another thing going on here that actually points back to 2020. What? What are you talking about? I mean, I well, was going to say. In Wisconsin, in Michigan, clinically exploited for votes, election mismanagement in Atlanta, unlawful election instructions in Wisconsin, and over 50,000 questionable ballots in Arizona, plus several criminal cases for illegal ballot harvesting and intim- intimidation on voting. Uh, in Wisconsin right now, there is a sheriff who is standing up on his own two feet, punching back. He's saying, no, 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 no. This is not dying. And he has gathered evidence over the course of the last two years, or last year, I guess. Almost a year. um, Almost a year now. And uh, where the local sheriff on Thursday dramatically held a national televised press conference alleging that he had found evidence of felonious crimes involving ballots sent to nursing home and nursing home residents. And we kind, of, we kind of brushed over this on the Red Pill Project the other night. But one of the big parts about this is we're talking about people that have been dead, people that were in comas. Um, his investigators went in and found out when the person went into the coma, when they voted, and uh, people who have Alzheimer's, dementia, uh, people who can barely remember 
kind of like Joe Biden, kind of remember, can barely remember their last name. Um, and uh, nowhere, um, and Racine County Sheriff uh, Christopher Schmeling and his investigators have secured evidence for eight out of the 42 residents in a local nursing home who had been recording as capsin- cas- casting absentee ballots that their families were said was not possible because the residents did not possess the cognitive ability to vote. And they were literally asking like these old people, they were like, Hey, did Kennedy win the election? And if they nodded like, yes, because they couldn't actually remember that because their memory, because of dementia, it goes, backwards. It goes back yep. and it's regenerative. So when it got back to that point, they could still remember that Kennedy did win the election. Well, then they would say that, well, he would voted a Democrat and they marked the Democrat box and sent the ballot in. That's illegal. You cannot yeah. do that. That is highly illegal. Well, this sheriff went and sent it to the Wisconsin State AG, which apparently is an Agino, uh, uh, Attorney General in name only. only. Uh, this <laughs> Agino said that he was not interested in listening to this sheriff. Now, understand what powers a sheriff carries with them. Um, sheriffs are normally the highest law enforcement body in the land. Why? Because they're the only elected position in the police department. For instance, a police chief does not have as much power as a sheriff does. Sheriff has more power. Why? Sheriff's elected. That's el numero uno. Uh, you want to know why you want a Republican sheriff? That's why right there, because they have the most power. They're one of the few organizations that can actually arrest the sitting president. If they want to arrest him, they can go and arrest him. And they're not, U.S. Marshals can do it and sheriffs can do it. They're the only two organizations that can do it. The Secret Service can't even arrest the freaking president. They have to testify against him if they see anything illegal. However, they cannot arrest him. But the only person that can arrest him are the U.S. Marshals or a sheriff. Which has never happened. But they have kicked federal agencies out of their counties. Correct. They've arrested all kinds of people in their own counties. Yep. Um, as far as them arresting the sitting president, I mean, yes, in in name, on, I mean, on, on, paper, on the books, in technically, on, in the books, he they can. They're <laughs> one of the few that can. Anyway, the big part about this is they carry with them a lot of power. Um, and as the sheriff pointed out, he said, uh, Schmeling dramatically accused the Wisconsin Election, Elections Commission and the state election bureaucracy for creating conditions by such voting by mailing absentee ballots to nursing home residents who didn't request them, empowering nursing home staff to fill out the ballots on behalf of the residents was illegal. And... Uh, not only broken, they didn't just break the law, they shattered the law. The nursing home scheme alleged, uh, alleged by Schmeling was also found in neighboring Michigan. Hmm. 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 Where Democratic Attorney General Dana Nassau earlier this month announced three women were charged with voting fraud, including those who fraudulently filled out ballots in the names of nursing home residents without their permission. But the nursing home case is far from the biggest concern that rocked Wisconsin where Joe Biden was certified the winner over Trump with a razor-thin margin of only about 20,000 votes. The nonpartisan Legislative Audit Bureau released a sweeping report last month that accused election officials of engaging in inconsistent administration of election laws, troublesome management of new drop boxes, and troublesome collection of those ballots in the drop boxes during the pandemic, which means that there are ballots dropped in drop boxes that were not counted, folks. How is that possible? That is... Highly illegal, ineffective investigation, fraud complaints, and other problems. 
While it did not offer evidence of systematic fraud, it flagged up to 30 problems as well as many more issues that lawmakers would resolve future elections. You can read more of the report here, blah, 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 whatever. And in the developments, the ruling Wisconsin Supreme Court concluded that the state election office wrongfully allowed tens of thousands of Wisconsin voters to skip voter ID requirements and file absentee ballots by declaring their concerns about COVID and qualified them as identified um, indefinitely confined. So the Wisconsin Supreme Court said no. And that they went no and did longer, it anyway. That no, yeah. Well, the bigger part of that is they just viled, violated the highest court in the state of Wisconsin. Uh, a, that's huge. And the attorney general doesn't care. B, um, at that point, the Wisconsin Supreme Court can step in and remove those votes. If they remove those but votes. But are they going to? Uh, yeah, they're talking about it. It is right now in the works. This sheriff is right behind him, pushing them to. So it. Arizona might not be the first domino to fall. Wisconsin, Wisconsin could looks be like the first Wisconsin's going to fall. fall first, and, and that if Wisconsin falls. Michigan could be right behind because the same thing went down in Michigan. So Senator Ron Johnson, former chairman of the Senate Homeland Security Committee, oversees the election and dizzy relations from his own hometown uh, state, where the lawmakers have far more work ahead of them to improve the election administration to ensure. Um, following the lab report from uh, Sheriff Schmaling's, uh report that was uncovered and disclosed might only be the tip of the iceberg for this situation in Wisconsin uh, and the 2020 election, Johnson tweeted. The legislature must be given time and resources in cooperation with the election officials to conduct a complete investigation of the allegations and the things that took place in Wisconsin during the 2020 election. Uh, similarly, officials in Georgia, where Trump lost by a slim margin, have also found evidence of the same type nature in a major voting center in Fulton County. What did you say the other night in the Red Pill Project? You said there was a million, one million... They ordered a million blank ballots two days before the election that were supposed to be sent out to voters. Now, here in Georgia, um, they've closed half of our postal centers, so mail takes two weeks. I could literally send a letter to my neighbor that lives right next door, and it would take two weeks to get there because it has to go all the way to Jacksonville through the main processing center there and then come all the way back. So it is physically impossible for the Postal Service in Georgia to send out a million ballots and expect to get them back two days before the election. And they weren't even sent to the distribution centers where the ballots would go out from. Where did you say they were sent to? They were sent to the counting where they were counting them. So why would they send a million blank ballots to where they were counting them? That's another great question that Georgia still hasn't answered. Brad Raffensperger and uh, Brian Kemp still haven't answered that question. And no matter what Brian Kemp says now about election audits and suing Joe Biden and what's going on in Georgia. Brian Kemp, he, is, he's, he's a windbag. He's all full. Of, he's full of talk. That's he it. is. That's he is, it. and that's it. And Look, he's, he's talking right now to try and keep everyone off his back. But until he actually does something, uh, oh, our heels are well in his back. Virginia, New Jersey, get out, vote. Our listeners in New Jersey and Virginia, please get out and vote. Get out Go and vote. vote. Go take 10 people to the polls with you. Send out 10 emails. Make 10 social media posts. Get out there and vote. Vote, vote, vote. Don't listen to these windbags that are sitting there telling you, oh, your vote doesn't count anyway. Why would you do that? Because you need to. It's your civic duty. We need to do this. Because if you don't vote and they do uncover cheating as they are uncovering right now in Wisconsin and Georgia and literally everywhere across the country, if you don't go out and vote, when they do audit Virginia and New Jersey for these elections and your vote's not there, that's when it doesn't count. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And then you can't, uh, you actually had a great saying. You used to have a saying that I, I loved it and I, I used to uh, use it all the time. I don't remember it word for word, but uh, actually I think your mom told you uh, why it's important to vote. Uh, you said something like, uh, you can't, you can't bitch about something. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. Um, if, if you see something wrong and you can fix it, then go ahead and fix it. If you don't do anything to fix it, then you have no leg to stand on to complain about it. Yeah, there you go. That's so, really what it is. That's really what it boils down to. So, folks, go out and vote. Just vote, okay? Just go vote, all right? So, Tiki Gate. Tiki Gate, the Lincoln Project, says it was behind the white supremacist stunt against Glenn Youngkin. The Lincoln um, Project says it was behind... Whether it was or not, uh, who knows? But either way, uh, the Lincoln Project is full of crap. I'm not even. I don't. I don't buy so, it. So, all right. So here's the whole thing with Tiki Gate. Okay. So uh, obviously, everyone knows what happened in Charlottesville, and they made you know the riots in Charlottesville. Trying to connect Trump to this and all that. It, right. So um, I guess the night before Charlottesville, these people, white supremacists, were standing out there with tiki torches. Anyway, so um, supposedly, I bet they were liberals. So they they've created now this false flag or potential false flag. So they sent these people out with tiki torches, dressed just like the people from Charlottesville, to stand in front of a Yunkin bus, implying that Yunkin was supporting what happened in Charlottesville, or he was a white supremacist, or this, that, and the other. Except the problem is the internet. The internet broke it. You know why that is? Because everyone's faces are all over. So they took the faces of these people. And of course, the Fed boys weren't actually there. That's a joke. But the faces of these people, some of them were on social media already as Democratic Democratic operatives. They worked for the Democrat Party of Virginia or the, who, you know whomever. They've been all over social media as Democrat operatives. So how they're all of a sudden supposedly a part of Yunkin's team, that's pure bullshit. Or so, the Lincoln Project for that well, matter. Well, and see, I think the Lincoln Project fell on their sword. I think the Lincoln Project chose to, as you call it, jump on the grenade for this one because their reputation's already trashed. They, you know, they, they've been hitting on little boys and they got busted on that. So. Well, they're, they're left anyway. They're exactly. liberals anyway. Exactly. So it doesn't matter. They're not so, Republicans. They're not conservatives. Yes, but they're that's, liberals. That's my point. So the Lincoln Project, because I think it was actually, I don't think it was the Lincoln Project that set this up, even though they took credit for it. I think the Democrats set it up to try and pin it on Yunkin and start some kind of a false flag event and maybe restart the riots in Charlottesville, for all we know, just before the elections, just to shit on Yunkin. Well, why and not, when, though? Because and when they got busted, they wouldn't Mail in voting. That's it. And when they got busted, the Lincoln Project turned around or they said to the Lincoln Project, you take credit for this one. And they came out with some big bullshit about how they, they wanted to highlight what happened in Charlottesville. And they, they, they spun it really quick. Well, it was really funny, too, because one of the first things that the Lincoln Project said was that they, um, they took credit for it because they were trying to uh, link tr Trump and Youngkin together. And that Charlottesville was supposedly, and I don't understand why the, if the Lincoln Project is so far right as they claim to be, or so conservative as they claim to be. Um, Conservatives don't touch little boys. A, but B, why were they, why are they sitting there doing this and they're trying to connect Trump and Youngkin together in Charlottesville with something they know in Charlottesville Trump was never connected to to begin with. Okay, no one actually thinks the Lincoln Project is right-leaning in any way, shape, or form. Well, that's true too. I, I've seen the comments, trust me, I know. So uh, we got some bigger news. Uh, so 
That's Tiki Gate, so you're aware. So don't listen to what you're hearing. Can you hear me? I need that notebook right there. So we've got some bigger news. Uh, this is this is straight from my sources. I released this the other night on uh, the Red Pill Project. I'm going to release it here because I always give you guys the news straight up, right off the front. Everybody heard about Josh Hawley and the emails that he supposedly uncovered within the White House. There were White House emails um, yeah. that were passed around concerning the Afghans coming back to America, that those planes that were leaving were not to be filled with SIV holders, not to be filled with green card holders, not to be filled with those who helped out the military translators, nothing like that no Blue passport holders or or just american citizens no they're not to be filled with those those c-17s and those uh c-130s that we saw with people hanging from the wheels and whatnot those were be, to be held with unvetted undocumented afghan refugees who wanted to leave afghanistan now you would say why you would say well that does not kind of surprise me because i mean it is it is biden okay whatever well, so this came direct from Biden. Yes, this this email came directly. Well, it came from his office. So it, it went out. This went out. now. So this came direct from Jill. More than likely. Or um, his Rob chief Klain. of staff, Rob Klain. Um, either Ron, way. Ron Klain. Ron Klain, I think is his name. Yeah. Um, and then went out and went amongst the high levels within the government. So it stayed within the White House um, and all the offices within the White House. Joint Chief of Staff. Joint Chiefs of Staff. It went to the Speaker. It went to... Uh, so Pelosi knew. So none of the minority folks knew. So none of the Republicans knew, but all of the liberals knew. Well, it gets better. So at first, you're like, well, that kind of doesn't surprise me. We know uh, Millie knew, or Pelosi knew. We knew that Millie knew. Uh, the crazier part was that Millie sent back an email to Joe Biden, said, I concur. Well, that's because Yilly's, Millie's a yes man. Correct. And he's pretty much. And he proved in his congressional hearings not long pretty ago. Pretty sure that, that he's a cuck. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm to the point now. 100% a cuck. But in his congressional hearings, when he got, you know, raked over the carpet about Afghanistan already or raked over the coals, um, we already knew then that he was a yes man because at that point he was saying that he disagreed with Biden about leaving, but we all know that's, but then it came out that that was a lie too. Correct. So, so well, the big part about this is immediately following this re reply, um, he, he sent this reply out and then he sent orders down to the heads of all the secretaries within the joint chiefs or within the military. And, uh, all the combatant commanders got um, got emails stating this instructions. Is, this is what is to happen. There was one commander who stood up and said no, and he basically got all sorts of now. And I've looked for this, and one of the things I can't find is I can't find any news about it. But that doesn't surprise me because I don't. We're going to hear about this. Um, the Centav commander, uh, who was a four-star position, um, he received the. Uh, email and basically replied no and he was relieved of his command two days after that so that is the most ridiculous part because holy crap but first of all you know that once you get above the two-star position within the military everything pretty much becomes very uh political at that point i mean that's shades of shuler right there but all so this went down i mean the cia got it the dia got it nsa got it um all the big IAs, all the big three-letter agencies got it. FBI got it. Um, 
could be Senate oversight. We're, we're looking into that. I'm waiting for also a whistleblower because from what I understand, there may be a whistleblower coming out on this. So be prepared. Um, there was also some claims from CJ Soto of CG who's in trouble for it, um, which I, I thought was weird because Wait, I was like, what is CJ Soto's uh, CJ Sotif, which is the combined joint special operations task force used to be Afghanistan. Um, but I thought that all got shut down, but apparently it didn't. It got moved to uh, Southcom headquarters or SOCOM headquarters in Florida and Tampa. Um, he's apparently in charge of it, uh, in trouble from it because he was bucking the system too, saying, no, this is, this is BS because he was trying to get interpreters out. And he's been also underhandedly, from what I understand, and this is all inside news, I don't know if this is actually true or not, so I'm just kind of speculating here, but I've been hearing that he's been helping some of these groups that we've been talking about going over and getting some of these interpreters across the borders and moving them out of Afghanistan. Pineapple Express, Camelback, all them, yeah. All of that. Um, But uh, apparently there was, uh, there's still more... Uh, retaliation going on against all of the active duty special forces, AFSOC, NAFSOC, all the special operations forces throughout all of the services, which really made me scratch my head because what is Biden thinking? I mean, we're not the type of people you piss off. We always come back and clean up. So I'm really questioning what Biden's thinking by going after us. He's really stupid by doing that. But supposedly the 36 SEALs that you talked about about a week ago, about them having, having to, to pay, pay back, back their, their training. training. I said that's a small bill. I mean, that's not that big of a deal. But this apparently now is also being triggered with this. And they're trying to silence those seals because they were going to come out and say something about this to make the government go back on the vaccine mandates. So not only did they get booted out of the seals, not only did they get booted out of the Navy, but now they're also being charged all of their training for all the training they went through to be SEALs, which, which that is... That's, that, that's not cheap. And if you get booted out of the Navy and, and as fast as they got kicked removed. out, they're not collecting any retirement, any or benefits, disability. Any, they're none not, of that. They're not getting any of that. None of that. So, so, And they probably got other than honorable discharges, which means they can't collect anything special. They can't get even TRICARE. They can't get anything. service doesn't even count. Exactly. So, so well, now, no, it does, but they're now, not. But they can't get another federal job. Correct. So it'd be almost impossible. Now they're literally SOL, and they're not vaccinated. So it's going to be very difficult for them to find a job in the civilian world. So, and then I'm thinking to myself, okay, that's pretty crazy. But then one of the things, and I've got the email or the, or the uh, story right here, and this came out from uh, Just the News, I believe. I believe it was Just the News. No, Free Beacon. It was a Free Beacon piece. Anyway. Um, According to this one, there is, they did say that there is a date on the emails. Now, the original date for the order is where the problem is. So according to the, some of the pieces I found since then, they came out and they said that there was an August 16th email that this came out. However, the original email chain started July 28th. When did we pull out of Afghanistan? Almost not till the second, third week of Af- August. So three weeks prior, before they'd even started this, at, at July 28th, they were still saying that... And we it, were going to have a peaceful withdrawal. And and it wasn't going to fall and Correct. all of this. And yet they were saying load the planes with... So Holly went on Tuesday to a Senate refugees. hearing with Colin Cal and Pentagon's Undersecretary for Defense Administration official for overseeing the Biden administration's bot- botched evacuation. We know... Uh, we know that we've 
got major problems in vetting people who have been brought to this country, evacuated and brought to this country, Holly said. You've testified in September that these those evacuated about 6,000 American citizens. You testified in September that the special immigrant visas, or the SIVs, were about 1,200, 1,300. That leaves about 116,700 people still in Afghanistan and over 124,000 uh, neo number that you're not even offering or telling people about. So in total, you're looking at about 160,000 people that were left behind. Um, uh, wow. That just who, who were not SIVs, we, we just don't know how much of those people they were. Call's response to Holly's question said about 84% of the Americans evacuated by the Biden administration were deemed to be risk under Taliban rule. It's a mishmash of a lot of different categories, Call said, which is BS. That's complete BS. And okay, I, so they were at risk under Taliban rule? What about our, our What about our risk? Yeah. What about them being a risk to us now that they're here? So hold on, let me ask you this because, right, uh, Northern Virginia is is basically in in lockdown. There was a story that came out yesterday where there's a significant credible threat of an ISIS attack in Northern Virginia. They're like don't go shopping, don't don't go to the malls, don't go to the grocery store, basically stay home, right? Does that sound familiar? Yeah, it Lock sounds yourself like in your house. Um pandemic type three, 3 days before the election yeah, because so there's going to be an ISIS attack. Sounds like you can't vote. And right. Um, but so we talked about on the mm. Red Pill Project that we thought the timeline for ISIS attack was going to be six to 12 months because that's what they told us in the news. Sounds more like six to 12 days. So is there a possibility that these people well, that were evacuated from Afghanistan uh, were first off a brought over here deliberately to seed our population with ISIS or Afghan cells? Because we know that Obama started ISIS, Trump shut it down, and now Obama's brought it back. So in bringing all those Afghan refugees over here, couldn't they be the ones that are responsible for this potential terror threat in Northern Virginia? I, the timing is very perfect. Are you done? Yeah, okay. answer my question. Fine, I will. <laughs> Good. There, there is a possibility to that. Uh, however, I've heard other stories, and right now the biggest one that I think I heard is that supposedly martial law is going to be enacted as of tomorrow night, supposedly in Northern Virginia. That's probably the biggest news. And considering that Yunkin has an eight-point lead over McAuliffe, I, I really start to question the... I now again, this is all supposition, folks. I've heard it. I haven't been able to confirm it yet. Um, so maybe I've got some folks, some listeners in Northern Virginia. Maybe you guys can tell us about that if that is actually ha going to happen. If you've heard any news reports about that, but it'd be really cool if you could let us know. Um, I've heard it. I don't know if that's actually true or not, but there's more to that. What you just talked about now, there's a lot of Afghans that left Afghanistan, and we know that some of them did come back here. We know they're is a small group, a small portion that actually came back U.S. stateside. Now, and they're on military bases. Lots, the biggest number, yeah, but those are SIV holders, from what I understand. Most of them are SIV holders that came back to the states. Most of the undocumented and unvetted ones are in Germany and other countries right now. They are not. They have not been allowed to come back here until their paperwork started, and they've been vetted to an extent. Um, now, is that part of the Biden plan? I doubt it. I bet that was a part of the military. The military said, look, I don't give a shit. We're not doing this. Not until we vetted you. We know who you are. I mean, I would be one of those people pushing for that. Now, with that, though, understand that this is, remember how we talked about the last episode, 
Actually, I might not have. Uh, we might have just talked about it on the Red Pill Project, but um, I'm going to talk about it right now. Biden was supposed to go to Germany this trip. Yeah. And supposedly he mysteriously pooped his pants, and now he's stuck in Rome for an extended stay. <laughs> However, we don't have any video of him pooping his pants, like grabbing his pants going, and running away. But what I do know is that he was supposed to go to Germany. He is not going to Germany. It was not canceled by the Secret Service. This was canceled by the administration. There's only a couple of reasons why the Secret Service cancel anything. It's because they can't provide for his security and they can't find a quick way out for him. So that's the big reasons why they do not, you know, do why, stuff like why that. Why they cancel something last minute, but you exactly. just said the Secret Service didn't cancel it. Exactly. I believe the administration canceled it. Now, are we ever going to know? No. But no. what I do know is what's going on in Germany right now. And if you've not been watching any of the right side news, and you really got to dig into this one. Like, I saw it on OAN yet last night when I was at the firehouse. I actually saw this story. But right now, Germany is up in freaking arms right now. They have absolutely lost their mind. Why? Because we brought all these unvetted Afghans that, guess what? If they say they don't want to go to America, they just get booted off the post. And they're out in free German society. The Germans are up in arms. Yes, Merkel is gone. They got this new communist socialist uh, weirdo who took over. I don't know his name yet, but he's not saying anything. He's sitting in the corner coloring. And the German people are, I mean, we're talking 1936 Germany here. They are, are the, losing their minds. Are the German people unarmed? Uh, I believe, yeah. Most for the of, most yeah. part? I think most of Europe is unarmed. Yeah. I believe I Germany's think, not I, allowed to have weapons. I think for we're the only ones left on the, the yeah. planet that we that we are allowed to have our guns. So for now, understand that these people are freaking. They've already had a problem with terrorism. They've already had a problem with people getting stabbed in public and all this other crap. All of that's already happened. So understand that this is just another addition. They're just throwing stuff on there. It, it it is crazy what is going on over there. This We look like a bunch of idiots over there right now. And the German people are letting people know, look, you guys suck. You guys are screwing us right now. And this is going on. It is what's happening. And uh, Germany is just, it's huge. It is just huge. And Biden can't go over there with a, you know, a political defense. He can't go over there and say, well, look at the win I got in my own Congress. Because on Thursday, Pelosi chick can that one too. So Biden's got nothing. Biden's got the Pope, you know, the handmaiden of the devil standing next to him. and um, Who supposedly said that he was a good Catholic, said Biden was a good Catholic and he should continue to take communion. Which, that's what Biden says. I didn't hear the Pope said that. So what you said about uh, the, the entire, we're a laughing stock of the world yeah. right now. Well, here's a, just yet another example of that. And this was Biden meeting with the Pope, which again, we spoke in the Red Pill Project about the feed from the Holy See was taken down. Correct. I found out a little bit more about that. It was taken down only for one station. NBC is the only one to cover anything out of the Holy See Well, right now. so they were supposed to televise all of Biden's live all of Biden's meeting with the Pope. I found out why, why they didn't. Uh, apparently, the Biden team wanted the whole thing scripted. So Biden had a few lines that he memorized, and then they gave the Pope or the Pope's team lines to say in response. And the Pope's team said, you'll get what you get. We're, we're not playing these, these scripted games. Wow. And the Biden team said, well, then we're not doing it at all. Wow. Yeah. Look at the Pope standing up. Maybe he's not the handmaiden of the devil. Or he 
Or maybe he wanted to talk about something or else. Or he didn't like what the Biden team had scripted out for him to say. That's quite possible. Because the Pope considers himself to be above Biden because Biden is a Catholic and the Pope is, as much as we may not like it, the leader of the Catholic Church. The Pope considers himself Biden's superior. Why would he take orders from Biden's team? We'll get to your video. All right. Because we got to take a break here and then we'll be back. Thank you very much. Thank you for that. It is a famous African-American baseball player in America. What did he just say? Hold on. Thank you very much. Thank you for that. It is a famous African-American baseball player in America. You're the famous African-American baseball player in America. <laughs> That's what he said to the Pope. Hey, folks. After um, he'd already spent 45 minutes with the Pope. Hey, we're the Dodgeball Association of America. <laughs> we're the American Dodgeball Association of America. <laughs> exactly. What? What? All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Uh, this will be a quick one, and uh, we'll be right back. So stay tuned. Uh, we're coming back. We've got money mandates. Uh, we're going to be talking about kids, vax, jab, whole bit, uh, Durham and January 6th. Um, we're going to be here for a hot minute with that one. So we're going to jump to that one right now. And uh, if you really want to feel good about the clothes you wear, if you want to feel good about supporting something, if you want you want to know that your money's actually making a difference, go to Culture of Life 1972. Uh, perfect example of another great company that's out there providing clothes that support uh, anti-abortion, which is awesome. In my book, you're killing two birds with one stone. You're giving money to an organization that supports something we believe very strongly in. Not only that, but you're also helping out a great patriot. Uh, she started her company with her two daughters. Absolutely amazing woman. We had her on the show. Um, she's wonderful. Our first sponsor, by the way. Uh, that's another big reason. But And she's she's just awesome. And she's got a lot of great products on her site. Go on her site. Take a look if you want to get something for Christmas made here for in America so you know it's going to make it here. It's not like it's going to make it to your house. It's not like you're waiting on some ship from cargo ship from China that just might have caught fire out in Seattle. You never know. I mean, these things are ridiculous. Go on Cultural Life 1972. Order your girlfriend, your daughters, your wife, uh, whatever you've got, your significant other, some clothes that you know supports something that you believe in. And your, your money's going to a good place. Use promo code Patriot Party and you'll get 10% off your order. Um, go on there today. Give it a shot. Uh, they, they make some really great stuff. They just released their uh, winter line of beanies, um, which is awesome. They got a great one right there that you can see on the screen that V. Lynn's showing you. Stars and Stripes forever with cultural life right in the middle of it uh that's an outstanding hat um they just came out with those and those are only well supplies last so go get in there order them then once they're gone they're gone they don't have any more so go on there now get yourself especially if you live up in the uh, tundra that we call the north get yourself some high speed uh hats there that'll keep your head warm um i want that one for christmas that t-shirt by the way i was going to ask if you've bought my christmas presents yet I, I never do till the week before Christmas. So. Well, you're going to want to buy them a little bit quicker now. So uh, if you're one of those guys that likes to go shopping on Christmas Eve, this is not the year to do that. Go to true. Go to COL1972. Even shipping, even though it's in the United States, shipping does take a little bit. And I'm, I'm guaranteeing you that they're going to get blown up quite a bit because it's hard to find stuff that's made in the U.S. And everyone's worried about getting Christmas presents in time for Christmas. This so is true. now is the time to go shopping. COL 1972 has sales going on right now. Um, she's got a big sale coming up 
the for Veterans Day on November 11th and then another one for Black Friday. Go shopping now. There's so much cute stuff on here. And not only will you be supporting an America First patriot, whose all her stuff is made in the USA, but you'll also be fighting for life, fighting for the culture of life instead of the culture of death. Yep. So uh, go on there today, folks. Hurry up. Go on there and order your stuff. And we're back. And uh, we're doing some, uh, we just did some pre-recorded live reads uh, that we're trying to get out um, just so we can take a break and kind of wash back some of our throat here. Uh, So money, 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 money. So anyway, uh, the Democrats unveil their new plan to tax unrealized capital gains. Uh, what I, does that mean? I'm going to make this, this is one of my big ones. This is huge because folks, if you don't realize what this means, what this is going to do to this country, um, you, you remember the housing bubble. Remember when the housing bubble burst, right? I do. We got screwed on Yeah, it. we did. Yeah, we did. Because our, our, the price of our house went, what, upside down real quick, fast, and Yeah, hurry, we, right? we bought the house for 175 and then two months later, it was worth like 150 Yeah. So- Folks, uh, what Biden plans on doing is, uh, and according to what Janet Yellen came out and said in her little press conference, uh, they plan on taxing your unrealized uh, capital gains. If, um, if you make over a million dollars. Correct. Right now. Uh, that's what they're, that's the people they're going after. But understand what this means for you and anyone else out there who's makes more than a million dollars. That means these are like 90% of these people own property. They own houses, they own homes, they own um, many homes, they own buildings, they own, um, these people have done well. Okay, yeah, I get it. But they own all these places, right? Um, If they're going to tax their unrealized, you know, unrealized capital gains in that. So like when you buy a house, and you, let's say you buy the house, and when I bought the house, it was $220,000. And in the, a year, the price of my house went up, and now it's $620,000. That $260,000, that $80,000 that is sitting out there now, that is now gains that I can borrow against if I wish to. Uh Normally, they tell you that's a bad idea, but you're basically borrowing against equity in your home. If the market ever flip-flops, guess what? You still owe the bank that money. Your house no longer covers it. So now you've got to come up with another way to pay it back. Well, what they're going to do is tax that. And if they taxed that equity that you had in your home, now all of a sudden you owe money that you are, it's not liquid. It's a liquid asset. It is not a physical asset yet. It is still a liquid asset. Uh, the ebb and flow of the market changes. It's funny money. Your house moves. The equity in your house constantly is moving up and down, up and down as the markets move. Understand if they try to, if they actually enact this plan, they are going to tax that money. Everybody that makes that much money, they're going to sell their properties. Bye-bye. What happens if there's a total mass sell-off of all this property? What happens then? Remember that housing bubble burst? BlackRock will own everything. You will own nothing. Pop. You will live in a pod and you will eat bugs and you will be happy about Correct. it. Correct. So Senate Minority Leader uh, Mitch McConnell, actual waste of space, blasted the plan on the Senate floor. He said the Biden Democrats are dreaming up a creative new ways to grab literally historic amounts of American people's money. They're literally trying to steal money from you folks. 
Taxes, I, I don't like taxes anyway, but they are literally now trying to steal money from you. Okay. Money that you haven't even earned yet. So I see a different aspect of this. What about people that own Bitcoin? What about people that bought Doge or Trump's new well, hold thing? On, hold on. Hold, can, can you just wait a minute? I'll get there. All right. So despite negotiations, Democrats remain undecided about the final form of their reconciliation bill and the way it will be carried out. So understand they're doing this via reconciliation, which is outstanding because if they use it now, they're done. I mean, that pretty much eliminates anything for another two years. They don't have another reconciliation vote that they can push through. But this is the only way Biden can get anything approved right now in the House or the Senate. So nothing is really getting done in Washington. Yet again, it is a swamp. This is where bills go to die. So this they're trying like hell to get this passed through. And if they do it via reconciliation, um, guess what? I mean, we really, we can't stop it. That's the worst part about this. Um, the only thing that possibly could happen is we need a Republican to stand up and filibuster it. Even if they filibuster it though, the reconciliation vote still moves forward to the freaking Senate. So or it passes Senate, goes back to the House for a second vote and will come back to the Senate and that person won't have a chance to filibuster it at that point. In which case it'll go through to Joe's desk, Joe will sign it, which case then we're all screwed. Housing pop, housing bubble pops. Your house goes from having lots of money. Now everybody says, well, that's only if you make more than a million dollars. I don't make more than a million dollars. Understand once this law is on the books, amending that law is way easier than getting the law passed. So if they put the law on the books, yeah, this year it might be somebody who makes up to a million dollars. Next year it might be somebody who makes up $200,000. And with the way inflation is going and the price of the dollar, honestly, it's not unheard of that you'll be making a million dollars in a couple of years, even if you only make 50000 right now, because the value, will, the value of the dollar will go down so much that a million dollars will be the equivalent of $50,000 right now. So let's take all these bills and let's put them in perspective really quick. Right now, the original 5.61 trillion dollar spending package that the Democrats were pushing originally has now been cut back to 3.85, and now Joe Biden wants to put this uh, 1.75 trillion budget framework for taxes forward. He wants to push this plan forward, and this plan uh, is named. Um, it actually has a name, which is a scary freaking thought. Um, and he says, well, I'm going after the wealthiest Americans again. They are on that whole thing about how the wealthiest Americans have not. We've proven over and over and over again that the wealth of 41% of the wealth, which are the wealthiest Americans, they pay over 60% in taxes for the whole country or 51.8% in taxes 20, for the whole 20% of the wealthiest Americans pay 40% of the yeah. taxes for the country. Well, and that's that's those who make like a billion or something like that or something like that. Yes, they pay, 40, they pay 40% but of the tax But when you drop it to millionaires, country. millionaires actually up that number and it's like 51.8%. So if you look at this, okay. They already pay their fair share. Um, exactly. They are, they're already paying it. it it's not going to change anything. No, I, I don't understand it's just why people redistribution of wealth. Exactly. I don't understand why people think that this is going to change something because it's not going to change a damn thing. Because the more money they take, the more money they spend. It's not like they're actually putting it towards the debt. So the White House's plan uh, actually is named I'm trying to find the name actually. If you give me one second, um it's like the uh Okay, well, while you look at that, I'm going to get to my point about Bitcoin. So, how many people Well, that's where I was going because that's the next part of this. Okay. Um so it's something like, I don't remember, it's like the American, um, it's weird. It's like the green household economy and uh, 
I don't remember, a ecology study or ecology tax package or some crap like that. It's ridiculous. Anyway, so then it's the Green New Deal in taxes. Exactly. Um, so seven hundred fifty nine billion in TSP. Politicians scrambling for the cash. So TSP is a thrift savings plan. If you're not aware, I got involved in it in the military and. She just brought up the point about Bitcoin, Dogecoin, all that other stuff. Well, how does this affect, how would those taxes affect this type of thing, especially for federal employees with the TSP? Um, supposedly, there are TSP millionaires out there, dreaded air quotes, by the way. Um, I don't know of any, and I've been involved in the TSP since, I don't know, the second year I was in the Army. I've been contributing money to my own thrift savings plan that supposedly I'm supposed to be able to collect in five years, um, and there's no way I'm going to be a millionaire from it. I'm barely going to break $100,000. So I'm not really sure where they get this millionaire thing from because the government hasn't invested our money very wisely. Matter of fact, the government's invested our money in BS instead of investing it like if we had a choice where we could invest it. So but how so does if, this tax... If, if you die, do I collect, to collect your TSP early? Uh, I think it comes in my death benefit. Okay. Okay. Just checking. It's not good for you though because it's not much. But either way... Um, <laughs> Well, how does this affect, everybody asked me, well, how does this affect like Bitcoin, like what she was talking about? Well, think about this. That is considered unrealized wealth. Yep. If you bought Bitcoin when Bitcoin was like th five cents before, if, if you bought Bitcoin was still privately traded and then when it went public and that massive jump at Bitcoin, Bitcoin produced a lot of millionaires almost overnight. And when Bitcoin went public, they were up for like eight days in a row and they were making money hand over fist. So if you made all this money on Bitcoin and all that money that you now have sitting in the bank, remember that $600 thing they want to watch? Sitting in your crypto wallet. Yes. Guess what? You will be taxed on it now. You will be taxed on that. If you made money off of Doge, like I did, granted it's not much, I might have to fart in my hand and hand it to the federal government because that's mean, all it's going to be we worth. We bought Doge when it was five cents and now it's point zero five cents. Point oh five cents. When yes. I bought it, and it was point oh five, and now it's point two six. Yeah, we bought Bitcoin when it was thirty five thousand Bitcoin. Mind you, we didn't buy an entire one, but we bought a bit of Bitcoin at thirty five thousand. Now it's sixty thousand. So, so if someone had actually dropped. A million dollars, let's just say, just for or shit and a hundred thousand dollars into Bitcoin. Even then, I mean, you're you're up over eight nine hundred thousand dollars. You're, you're right getting now. you're getting really close. Yeah. So that is all unrealized income. That's all going to be taxed under this plan. And if you're living in your mom's basement and you bought all this Bitcoin when it was basically nothing in like 2007, when I think my cousin bought Bitcoin in 2007, he actually paid off his student loans with it because it's gone up so much. But now he's going to have to pay taxes on that. So he's going to have to pay taxes on $800,000. Yeah, if this plan goes through. And Absolutely. the only way that he's going to be able to afford to do that is, is to, to cash sell out. the Bitcoin. Yep, and cash out the Bitcoin. So, well, why would we be concerned about that unless the United States was going to release its own Bitcoin? Or its own dollar. Like China did? Like Russia did? Yeah, I got a feeling that's coming too. Yeah. Market today, because folks, they I said it October it. 31st. 2021, Mick said it, that the United States is going to be releasing. What do you want to bet? Before their, the their end of the year, coin. we're going to hear something about a digital type of currency coming from the United States. Because they want to get rid of the dollar. They, they want to get rid of the cash-based society. Because if you have physical cash at hand, if you got pennies in your pocket, if you have dollars, they can't track what you spend. So therefore, they can't control it. If it's a digital currency, 
oh, guess what? They can look at everything. And now all of a sudden, well, you can't buy those cigarettes. You've already bought too much alcohol this month. So we're going to shut that off. Yep. So social, it's the social credit score money base. Yep. So get this, it gets better, right? So the reporter, uh, so everybody asked me, well, how does climate change fit in all this? Climate change on on tax and taxes and everything else. Well, this came from the Washington Senate or the United States Senate in Washington D.C. Honorable Jean L. Dorado, uh, comptroller, who is this new communist comptroller? I'm not sure if you all heard about this person yet, but this person is a straight up freaking communist. It actually is is Russian. Um, they are Russian. They but. I mean, everything they talk about is like, uh, it's disgusting. Dear Comptroller General, uh, uh, this was actually to the Comptroller. This came from Ron Johnson and Pat Toomey. Um, but on Ju uh, June 24, 2021, the Government Accountability Office released a report titled Retirement Savings Federal Workers Portfolio Should Be Evacuated for Possible Financial Risk Related to Climate Change. So what they're saying is that TSP has got to go away because somehow this has something to do with climate change, which is really weird. In support of the proposition of the global warming related risks that may inadequately be reflected in current market prices, the GAO report relies significantly on the September 2020 report from the climate related market Market Risk Subcommittee of Market Risk Advisory Committee or MRAC and the Commodity Futures Trading Commission. We have significant concerns about the GAO's reliance on the subcommittee's report, given that the report was issued in violation of Federal Advisory Committee Act, or the FACA, that the regulations issued thereunder, that the MARC's charter. The report acknowledges and reflects solely the work of the subcommittee and does not necessarily reflect, reflect the views of MRAC or the Commodity Futures Trading Commission or its staff of the U.S. government. The subcommittee, notice what they just said there. Let me read that again, just so you can understand what I just said. Not necessarily reflects the views of MRAC or the Commodity Futures Trading Commission or itself or the U.S. government. Notice how they're trying to take control of this as well. And they're trying to, they're trying to put like it they're on. Sounds like they're throwing them under the bus. Yeah. And they're trying to put it all on climate change and that we need to get rid of TSP. We need to get rid of all these thrift savings plans. We need, cause somehow it's adding to global warming, which doesn't make any sense to me. They do not cite anything in here about global warming. They just talk about it in the initial opening statement. Everything else is referred to the FACA regulations and the MRACA re regulations. And that's it. That's the only stuff that they actually quote and, and push in this piece. And it, Concludes with, because of the subcommittee report issued the apparent violation of these provisions, we ask that the GAO immediately withdraw the report and the retirement savings plan. So they're going after now, basically, my retirement and all retired federal employees' retirement right now. That's what they're going after. But understand, if they can go after our retirement, your retirement, if you're a privatized citizen, isn't far behind. Yep. Just because they can get to mine doesn't mean they're not going to be able to get to yours. It just means that now they're opening the door for it and they're actually creating a precedent. Oh, well, we got the, we got the federal retirement taken so away. Is the thrift savings plan based in the stock market like most private Correct. retirement it's plans? It's like a 401k, except okay. you donate with less risk than you would if you did a 401k. So for instance, if my thrift savings plan went upside down, I wouldn't owe anything. Gotcha. What happens to everyone's re retirement plans when the stock market drops because all these people are going to have to cash out their stocks that's, that's to another, pay taxes that's on unrealized another, gains? That's another great question. 
folks, we talked about it on the Red Pill uh, project. I'm going to say it again. This is the actually Josh said a lot on there that was really, really good. One of his explanations about um, stagflation. For instance, normal one of the big stories also that came out, we just don't have time today to go over it, but uh, the GDP numbers were released for the third quarter. Um, folks, we only gained 2% GDP. Understand that is the lowest GDP growth in over, in, I think, ever for the United States. Our numbers are anywhere between 35 and 6% is what our GDP growth normally is. Now, when you have inflation and you have standard GDP growth, so standard GB, GDP growth is anywhere between 25 to 6 or 3.5 to 6%. So if it's going Going up and you have inflation rising, that's fine because you actually have money still coming in. <clears throat> now, what the problem is, is you have inflation rising and your inflation's getting up there. The GDP, the demand is still there. So demand is up there, right? And your GDP is doing this. Your GDP is not moving. So that's where stagflation starts. If the cost of everything is going up 10, 20% as we see that it is, but your wages are staying stagnant, or maybe you're getting a one or 2% raise year over year, if you're making anything at all, if you even still have a job, how are you going to pay for the cost of gas to get to and from work when you're making 30% less, so essentially. Essentially, what's going to happen is going to work is going to end up costing you more money than you make it work. Yeah. So again, it goes back to the point, what's the point in going to work then? Well, and honestly, everything that's happening, I feel like they've really sped up the timeline. And right now, they everything is colluding we are coming to that precipice and they're trying to drop the entire society right they are literally trying to just bankrupt everything it goes it goes well, back, i've been saying it for it a goes back while. to the mandate in right? the 12-step process of destroying this country joe biden right now is at number 11 so we're flooding the country with refugees with the the southern border is completely open there are millions of people in that 1.2 million that they've detained coming across the border that is what'd you say what'd your source say 20 percent of what's actually come through Correct. so um eight million people roughly maybe 10 million people have roughly. come across the border yep. in the last and since january been, been welcomed with open arms why because they're hoping to and get now, them to vote and Democrat. now they're talking about giving everyone that was separated under trump all those families four hundred and fifty thousand yeah. dollars per person yeah and it's standard policy it was always policy to separate people at the border i saw a meme on instagram of a dude in a jail cell saying well yeah i was separated from my family that's why i'm in jail no you're in jail because you murdered an american but now we're going to pay now we're going to pay that person four hundred fifty thousand dollars because they were separated from their family a family of four could potentially be looking at almost a two million dollar payout where is that money coming from uh, apparently us. Okay. Apparently all the tax-paying Americans. Why tax-paying Americans fall for this shit left, right, and center, especially liberals, other than the fact they're stupid and they don't want to realize that what they're saying is the dumbest thing ever. I, I don't get it. I so, know that all of our listeners, I know if you're listening to us, you you get it, you understand it, you know that we're just we're beating the dr same drum that everybody else is beating. But I just want to make this point clear. Understand, this money thing is huge. Because what's the first thing they can go after? What's the best way they can get me to stop buying guns? Well, they can take my money away. They can def inf uh, deflate the dollar and inflate prices. So what does that do? Well, now I'm going to stop buying guns. Now I'm going to stop buying ammo. Now things are going to stop happening like that. But what else does that do to 
every other working class American. For instance, myself, because I'm sorry, I still work two jobs. Actually, I do three jobs. If you count this as a job, I don't really count it as a job because I have fun doing it. But I work three jobs. I'm, I'm here doing this podcasting on the days I can. I've got my fire department job and I'm installing garage doors in between that. So I'm constantly moving. I have yet to stop. I get like one day to stop and that's it. And some weeks I don't even get one day to stop. I get like maybe a half a day to stop. So this craziness that is going on right now in this country, this is ridiculous. They are literally, if you don't see this as an implosion or a possible implosion, I mean, look at the screen in front of you. That is a perfect example. That is a freaking perfect example of how bad this is. We have boats stacked up on both shores. Now, some people say that there's a possible invasion there. I agree with that. I'm not disagreeing with that. Um, some of the reports I've read for containerized missiles aboard these ships, very possible. I'm seeing a lot more people pointing in that direction. However, what I see right there on that screen is products, goods, and services backed up. Think about this. If you do this to goods and services, what do you think, for instance, I work for a garage door company. I go, I show up to your house to fix your garage door. And let's just say, well, I can't get goods and service. I can't get the goods. I got the service, but I, got, I don't have the goods. I can't fix your garage door because I don't have the parts to do it. But I'm going to provide you the service and I might be able to make it work. What just happened to the prices of that, of that, you know, of that service? That service now just jumped through the roof because now that service costs Christ, millions of dollars. I mean, gone, gone up. I mean, a spring change normally goes 175 bucks, um, you know, for just the labor part of it. But if now I'm, I can't get the goods either. I can't sell the goods at the same time. Now I'm going to jack my service prices up. So now my service prices are going to be like $200 for labor because I can only employ one or two people. I can employ four or five people. And that all kind of goes to the way of the freaking dodo and kills everything else. So think about that. Well, here's the other thing to think about. Did you see that story that came through? Uh, I believe it was a bunch of ranchers in Texas are building their own meat process. No, not the wall. A meat processing facility. No. You know why? Where's this at? Uh, In Texas. Because all of the meat processing facilities across the country basically have been closed we slaughter cows here, we ship it to China to be packaged and processed, and then it comes back. How much food you think are on those ships sitting off the coast right now? You wonder why the store shelves are empty or bare or mostly bare, why they're literally putting up cardboard cutouts of pictures of food on the shelves to make them look. It's like North Korea, like that freaking Seth Rogen movie, right? All over again. It seriously is because how much food is rotting on those container ships right now? None. That's coming back. None. They have, they have, trust me, those ships can keep that stuff cold for years. Well, yeah, but it, it, it doesn't matter. I, I know it doesn't matter, but it, I mean, you they can do. keep it cold for so long. It's still going to rot, right? It doesn't matter how many preservatives you put in there. It's still going to rot after a while. Food doesn't, leftovers don't stay good in the refrigerator for more than a week and a half, maybe two weeks. I'm sorry. Stuff sitting on those ships, that shit is rotting. Fruit is rotting. Meat is rotting. And our shelves are bare. Well, and eventually it'll get here. Who knows? But when. look, so we, we take everything and we put it into, we compartmentalize everything, right? We, we talk about this story and we talk about this story. Everything is connected. 
We need to take all of those pieces and put them together in a big puzzle because everything is connected. So here's how I see all the puzzle pieces fitting together, right? Whether or not there's an invasion, whether or not La Palma drops and and hits the the East Coast, right? we'll, We'll leave all that out right now. What's actually we know is going on right now. Inflation is ridiculous. They're looking at taxing our money even more than money that we haven't made exactly money that we haven't made so they're dropping the economy the dollar is about to drop the stock market is about to crash the housing bubble is about to burst again that's one big part of it the money is a big part of it and then the supply chain is just completely broken shortages everywhere and then you get into mandates and we are decimating our fire our first responders, our healthcare workers, never mind our basic goods and services like you were talking about. Anybody that has more than 100 employees supposedly has to be mandated to take the damn vaccine. They're not coming to work. You got flights that are shutting down, so your transportation is shutting down. And people are really starting to get sick, and they're getting sicker and sicker. So they're going to call 911. The ambulance, if it shows up at all, is going to take 30 minutes to get there, maybe an hour. Your first responder firefighter is going to take, what, 20, 30 minutes to get there, maybe, if they show up at all. By the time you get to the hospital, if you Well, that's if they have an open fire station. Exactly. If By the time you get to the hospital, if you actually end up having a room if you're not treated in a hallway on a stretcher or in an armchair because the hospitals are quite overflowing now. They literally are now like they weren't last year, but now they are. If you have a doctor- And it's not COVID either, folks. This is from like normal diseases that we deal with on any daily basis. If you have, and we'll get to that, but if you have a doctor there that's going to see you or a nurse that's going to see you that can actually think for themselves instead of following a CDC protocol from someone who's never even treated a patient- you're going to die. Yeah. Well, there's a there's a possibility of that. So basically everyone's going to die. The economy is going to completely crash, implode as it already is. You're not going to be able to feed your family. Remember um, folks, there's a reason why they call it the great reset. They've got to bring everything down everything. to point 0. Build back point better is just you have six, to, six, you six. have to start at the bottom to build anything back. Correct. Right? You're building back better off of Trump's economy? I don't think so. Yeah, you, that was already built up. You have to destroy it in order to build it back the way you want it. That's what build back better has meant from the from the very beginning. You have to destroy it first before they can build it back. And they're not going to be building it back better for us. They're going to be building it back better for them. All right. So mandates. Mandates. Oh. Beat up the mandates. All right. So in New York City, there are 26 firehouses that closed yesterday um, because of staffing shortages due to the mandates. 26. Now, mind you, firemen, tell me, babe, what do firemen do besides putting out fires? Uh, we go to first responder calls. We go to medical calls. We go to uh, other than car wrecks. I mean, we do car wrecks. All of that. All of that. Right. Plus education, community education. Plus uh, fire safety, fire prevention. Um, plus we also check every freaking hydrant more than once a year. Uh, we also make sure that you know if you own a business that you have all the fire alarms and fire all the fire suppression stuff you're supposed to have uh, we do everything basically that you know there's a lot of unseen stuff that we do that isn't always seen yeah so and at the same time now there there's a lot of fights going on about this so a judge um a, a judge in new york said that new york nypd cops have to get the jab in order to get paid so 
that obviously is a liberal judge falling on one side. But on the other side, there are now 19 states that are suing the Biden administration over the COVID-19 vaccine mandates. I'm still not quite sure how they're suing the Biden administration because Biden actually hasn't put anything out as of yet. Nothing's come out. There's still no direction to OSHA. There's still no executive order. There's still um, no enforcement plan. There's, there's, n- still- there's, there's nothing. And I mean, I know they're expanding the IRS in their big infrastructure bill, but I hadn't heard that they were expanding OSHA. Maybe they will be. Who knows? Um, that well, that the would only, be the only way for it to work. Well, the only thing I think they're doing with that, the only reason that that story is even out there is because I think they're trying to flood the flood everything. They're Republicans looking for re-election, and uh, they know they're going to get in trouble. They already know they're in trouble, that there's somebody else they're running against. They're being primaried. And I think they're putting that out there to make it look like, look, we're actually doing something. Because look at some of the states that are on there. I mean, Georgia's on there. I know Georgia's on one, on, on the list in there. Yeah. Uh, North so, Carolina. Um, Texas, Missouri, Alaska, Arkansas, Iowa, Montana, Nebraska, New Hampshire, North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming, Georgia. Uh, New Hampshire always goes red. I mean, come on, live free or die. Alabama, Idaho, Kansas, South Carolina, Utah, and West Virginia. This shouldn't just be 19, though. This should be... 50 states. I mean, 47 if you get rid of Hawaii, New York, and New Jersey. Maybe Connecticut. Maybe maybe 46. You got to drop California, too. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, there should be a large majority of states suing Biden over absolutely anything that they can at this point. Yeah. Just just to stop this mandate. But it gets better. So now they've come out and they've said that five to five to eleven year olds are approved for this jab. Approved for the jab. But let me let me play for you what they said at the CDC about kids getting jabbed. But wait, there's more. So listen to this. This is just disgusting. Probably should be vaccinated. The question of how broadly to use it though, I think is a substantial one. Um, and I know it's not our question, but I, 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 and I know we're kind of punting that uh, to uh, ACIP. Um, but I, I do think that it's a relatively close call. And as Dr. Levy just said, as Dr. Gann said, it, it really is going to be a question of what the prevailing conditions are. But we're never going to learn about how safe the vaccine is unless we start giving it. Yeah, um, we're never going to learn how safe these vaccines are until we start giving it. So let's just play with our children's lives. Let's just inject poison into your five-year-old and see if they have a heart attack. And maybe their risk of myocarditis is greater than their risk of actually getting COVID in the first place. Well, wait a minute. How about what took place on Friday? Did you not hear about Friday? What took place on Friday? Uh, something like... Uh I think it was like 12,500 some odd troops were mistakenly given the COVID-19 vaccine instead of a flu shot. Oh, I heard that. It, funny because the military literally makes turning butter hard, but they're usually pretty thorough about what they're doing. I've all of our anything I've ever gotten. I mean, we've spent the last 17 years in military health care. Um, my children have been in military health care for their entire lives. I have never heard of any such a mistake. They are so careful. They look at everything twice before they stick it in you. Yep. How the hell do they give out 12,000 COVID vaccines instead of flu shots? Unless it's deliberate. Well, that's what I'm beginning to believe. And at the same time, 
how many of those soldiers had already gotten vaccinated? I have no idea. How dangerous is it to give them a third dose or a fourth dose? I don't think we know yet because nobody's gotten it, really. We just started that. Well, I, I don't know. Boosters just started, so we really have no idea. I beg to differ. And so I, I'm going to tell a little personal story here. Um, I asked everyone in, in the uh, episode that we did with Pastor Dave Scarlett to pray for my mom because she has COVID. And I've been going to take care of her and see her. I am not scared of COVID. I've already had COVID. I am one of those people who has natural immunity, so I'm really not worried about getting it again. But... My mom, of course, as soon as she got the diagnosis, she freaked out. Oh, my God, I'm going to die. And since my dad watches the news and he's completely brainwashed, of course, he was like, you've got COVID, you're going to die. So I convinced her, no, she's not going to die. I got her the proper medicine. She's already on the mend. She's on ivermectin. I went to Dr. Stella MD, got her ivermectin, um, got her hydroxychloroquine. I want to get my dad on hydroxychloroquine because in his freaking brainwashed state, like, I think I've gotten through to him. You know, I'll talk to him for a little bit. And I think he started to come over to our side. And then he turns on the news for five minutes and he goes right back into full brainwashed sheeple mode. So what did he do last week? He went and got the booster. He lined up for them to inject more poison in his arm. Now, mind you, he said, well, I wasn't worried about it because my urologist said, good news. We can't find anything wrong with you. We don't know why you're pissing blood. This was before the booster. He already can't remember shit, which is not like him. That has certainly come about since the shots. And CRS is definitely something that they've identified I mean, with his, the shot. He's having mobility issues. He, he'll literally just fall down like he's drunk at 10 o'clock in the morning when he doesn't usually start drinking until noon. So... We're are, I'm already seeing these effects from the vax. So he goes out and get the, gets the booster. His memory has gotten significantly worse over the past week, and it was already pretty bad. He's got a rash all over his face. I honestly don't think my dad is going to make the year. I, I don't think he's going to make it to his birthday in July. And that's a really sad thing to say. My mom's going to be fine after having COVID and developing a natural immunity. I, I really think my dad's going to die. And I honestly think, I feel like he went out and got the booster out of spite because he knows how we feel about it because he's trying to prove us wrong and instead he's proving us right. Well, I mean, that, that, that's a possibility. I'm not 100% sure. I, you know, again, who knows? But the brainwashing is that powerful, obviously. As you can see here, just from what the FDA put out concerning it, you got to understand there's a guy that just came out in the FDA who said that, um, he abstained. He gave his reasons for why he abstained from giving the injection to kids. And his major reason was that kids are 99.99999. I can keep going with the nines, folks. Pretty much 100%. zero <laughs> 0% chance of dying from COVID. Of dying from COVID. Not only are they not dying from COVID, but they're not transmitting either transmitting it either because they lack the ACE2 uh, receptor that's normally not found in the human body until after puberty. But- they are dying right now, and it's not from COVID. So no, but they're probably dying from the jab. They are. So child deaths are up. They're 52% higher than the five-year average, and actually the expose just updated this. The death in, in boys, in male children, is, is up. It's like up 83% or 82% from last week. Yeah, I right. mean, it's going up week over week. 
Um, it was previously down 14%. And of course, this is coming out of the UK because they're the only ones that actually put any kind of data out there. Well, the UK and Israel, we certainly don't get any data out of the US. We're getting a little bit of data and it's showing that, again, our deaths are up 15 to 20%. They don't know why. And why that's is in comparison. Dying? And understand that's in comparison to the rest of the world. And that's and in comparison saying, to last and, year. And they keep saying that it has nothing to do with COVID, nothing to do with the jab, nothing to do with any of those things, and that we're good. Bullshit. Um, it gets better, though, because 11,000 active duty Air Force personnel unvaccinated with days left before the deadline becomes effective for the Air Force, which is funny because the Air Force is the only one talking about it right now. The Army sure as hell isn't talking about it. The Navy's not talking about it. And the Marine Corps is not talking about it. Uh, who knows about the Coast Guard? I don't think they're talking about it, though, either, which means they've got a bunch of yes men in there that are saying, yeah, well, we're just going to do what we're told, Jim. Uh, no. Anyway, so just keep keep an ear out uh, for all of that stuff. We get into a better story, though, because uh, remember, I've been preaching this for a while now. John Durham, he doesn't write a 27-page indictment without bringing more people in front of a judge. Uh, so Durham's calling for the former FBI lawyer to testify, testify in the case involving the former uh, Democrat lawyer, Sussman. Uh, he's going to have James Baker come and testify. Uh, he wants... James Baker to come testify, uh, former Democrat attorney against Michael Sussman, uh, who was indicted for allegedly aligning to the FBI during a status uh, status hearing Tuesday. Durham uh, prosecutor uh, Andrew De Phillips and his team said they plan to call Baker, who now works for Twitter, to testify in a case uh, part of Sus uh, against Sussman, according to Fox News and the Washington Examiner. Last month, Sussman pled not guilty to making false statements to the federal agent, uh, U.S. District. Judge Christopher Cooper asked Sussman's lawyers uh, and the prosecution to continue with their discovery process, which would take months. The prosecution uh, gave uh, said that 6,000 documents were provided to Sussman's defense, um, amounting to more than 80,000 pages in total. Uh, Dur Durham's indictment against Sussman, who previously worked for a high-powered Perkins, uh, Perkins Coie law firm, uh, made false statements in September 2016, which we already know that. Baker said he wasn't working for a client when he provided uh, the claims and alleged existence of a back-channel communication between the Trump Organization and Russia Bank. Perkins Coie is long represented. Basically, he's being called in to refute testimony that Sussman is going to try to give to say that there was some back-channel communication between Russian Alpha Bank and Trump. And he's going to refute all of that testimony, which is really weird. Why is that so weird? Who did Baker used to work for? No idea. Obama. Hmm. Why would you bring in an Obama lawyer and have him refute testimony against? Maybe he has some integrity. Uh, Unless, unless there's another part to it. Or they're holding something over his head. Perkin, Perkins Coie was a law firm hired by Fusion GPS on behalf of the Democratic National Convention, which hired former MI6 agent Christopher Steele, who all the while was being paid by none other than James Baker. If you get Baker in front of a judge... Okay, so hold and on. Wait, he wait, wait. Lies, stop. If you get Baker in front of a judge and he lies to that judge, understand what can happen to Baker. He is now held with contempt or held in contempt. Not only is he held in contempt, he's also charged for lying to a federal judge. Okay, so hold on. So last time when we spoke about Durham um, and you were talking about the FBI informants and in certain circumstances, normally they have to have a witness, any other government officer or whatever has to be a witness to any kind of payment. But in certain circumstances, they can say, no, we don't need a witness. And then the FBI 
uh, SAC can just be the one giving out the payment. Correct. So, so James Baker was paying Christopher Steele. No, no, no. I'm not saying that he was paying him at all. Okay. I'm not saying that he was the agent running Christopher Steele. Okay. But my point is, is if you bring Baker in front of a federal judge and he has to testify about something, maybe that might be sensitive about Steele. Something we may not have known or might not have been aware to the American public. And now that now James Baker lies in front of that judge, what happens to James Baker? Well, it's held depends. in contempt. Depends on the judge, because right now True, there have been people but, that have been lying to judges all over the place and they don't care. Okay, but right now, this judge has been holding up his end of the bargain. Okay. He's moving forward with this stuff. He's already we're already in discovery. So True that. if there's stuff out there that James Baker's gonna move forward with on this stuff and he's gonna lie about it understand there's a uh, boom we got another one going down this is all from, you, you got to remember Durham's another one that likes to play that chessboard nine ten years out he's already doing it I gotcha well um, can that judge help out the January 6 people well there's a letter that I know you have um, so please read this letter because we got to take a break real quick and we'll be right back as soon as we're done we got our last sponsor again they keep the show free folks uh we're gonna put that out there and then uh, we've got a news roundup and that's about it but read your letter first okay so uh this is from the gateway pundit and um nathaniel degrave he's a nonviolent prisoner who walked into the open doors of the capitol to document the event for a podcast so he's a podcaster sounds familiar he had someone filming with him um, the the doors of the Capitol were wide open. I mean, he is he's essentially a media, but he didn't get any media privileges here in the D.C. jail. So he's not been convicted of any crime. He's being held in pre-trial detention with no bail at the D.C. jail with no court trial date in sight. Isn't that a violation of the speedy trial? Yep. Yeah, I think so. Fair too. and speedy trial. Yep. Exactly. So... Uh, this is from DeGrave. I understand that I write this letter at my own risk. We are harshly, harshly disciplined for speaking out against the facility. Dear fellow Americans, I never thought I'd write a letter like this, but we're living in very different times. This is my cry for help. My name is Nathan DeGrave, and as a nonviolent participant at the January 6th rally, I've spent the last nine months detained as a political prisoner in pod C2B at the DC DOC, otherwise known as DC's Gitmo. The condition here for January 6ers have been inhumane. In fact, some inmates are even begging to be transferred to Guantanamo Bay, where even they have more acceptable standards. Clash action lawsuits are being filed against this prison, and even the ACLU has gotten involved. Senators Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene have since attempted to gain access to this facility and inspect the conditions of the jail, only to be denied. The vile filth of what has become our daily life is being illegally hidden from the members of our own Congress. So let me tell you about what me and many of the other January Sixers have been experiencing in DC's Gitmo. It is my hope that with media exposure and the awareness of the American public that something may be done and this never happens to anyone ever again. Our conditions. For the first 120 days in DC's Gitmo, January Sixers experienced daily lockdowns for 23 to 24 hours before being allowed to leave our small 120 square foot cell. The physical and mental anguish that results from this kind of severe isolation has caused many people to go on a rapid mental decline. As a result, a large percentage of us are heavily medicated with anti-anxiety and antidepressant drugs, which help, helps to cope with the psychological and mental abuse we endure. Many times... 
The little wreck we do receive is stripped away if our cell isn't up to the standards of the guard on duty. This changes from day to day. January Sixers have lost rec time and out-of-cell activity anytime news interviews about the jail are aired on TV. People speak up about our conditions our ra- or rallies are held in our name. We'll probably have a lockdown upon the publishing of this letter, so I've already warned those I know in advance. Masks are weaponized and used against us, even though we never leave the facility. Officers have walked in with the sole intention of needing to write... 20 to 30 disciplinary reports against January Sixers, which have adversely affected our chances of release and caused loss of privileges, phone time, and commissary. Masks needing to be covering both the nose and mouth at all times, or we are threatened and locked down in our cells. January Sixers are always respectful to the employees around us, but COs maintain the need to invent reasons for discipline. Privileged legal documents have been confiscated and gone missing from various cells, and highly sensitive discovery, video evidence under attorney-client privilege, is watched by employees during our legal calls. Jordan Mink, for example, had all discovery taken by ERT officers on August 23rd, despite the objection of his attorney. They handcuffed him, searched his room, and then proceeded to take all video evidence in his possession. Additionally, legal visits take two to three weeks or more to be scheduled, leaving little time to discuss our defense and prepare for trial. The extreme medical neglect in this facility has caused a variety of adverse illnesses and disease. Some show signs of scurvy, and some even have COVID-like symptoms, but medical personnel have refused to treat it. Christopher Worrell, for example, is an inmate with cancer who also broke his hand in prison and requires surgery. Both have been completely ignored. Federal Judge Royce Lamberth got to the point where on October 12th, he filed contempt of court charges against the warden of the D.C. DOC, claiming that Worrell's civil rights have been violated and demanding the U.S. Attorney General inquire further about him and other possible violations. Another inmate, Peter Steger, waited four months to receive his CPAP breathing machine and has needed an MRI since spring, which has also been ignored by staff. The harsh, unlivable conditions of our unit has caused health hazards that defy Department of Health regulations. And on at least five occasions, raw sewage has overflowed our unit, causing human fecal matter to flood the floors and rooms. That's also in addition to the mold on cell walls, as well as the rusty pipes and dirty water that flows from these sinks. White rags turn brown when exposed to the water from our faucets. We are undergoing severe nutritional deficiencies and starvation. For breakfast this morning, I received a tray of flavorless paste, two slices of bread, and a slice of bologna. Lunches usually consist of rice and beans, but we'll get cold chicken or beef patties if we're lucky. For dinner, we are sometimes fed a diet of cheese sandwiches and bologna and cheese four to five times per week. Without commissary, people like myself are forced to starve. I suffer from headaches and nausea on an almost regular basis from the malnutrition and constant hunger I'm subjected to. I've lost almost 15 pounds since I've been detained. Our rights to personal hygiene are also totally neglected. Razors are prohibited, and inmates are forced to either go unshaved and grow long beards or use a razor-free cream that burns and irritates the skin. But many other jails have allowed the use of razors without incident. Haircuts are also prohibited from unvaccinated inmates. For me, it's been nearly nine months. I look virtually unrecognizable in the condition I'm in. I fear even my family would not recognize me. 
Contact with the outside world from legal visits to seeing loved ones is highly restricted. After in-person visits, legal or otherwise, we are forced to undergo humiliating strip searches despite all visitors being thoroughly checked for contraband. If it's a legal visit, we are placed in a 14-day quarantine with no out-of-cell time, even if your attorney is vaccinated and tests negative for COVID. Visits with friends and family members for unvaccinated inmates are never allowed. As a result, many people have skipped critical meetings with their counsel and never get an opportunity to see friends or family. Video visitation, while available to the rest of the jail, is restricted in the January 6th pod. Mail is delayed for months and phone calls are limited to a maximum of pre-approved 12 numbers. If there's anyone else in our extended family or otherwise we'd like to call, we're pretty much out of luck. Religious services protected by the First Amendment are not provided to January 6ers. Neither are in-person classes or other activities available to the rest of the jail. An inmate named Ryan Samsel instead attempted to organize his own Bible study inside the pod until he was viciously beaten and left for dead by correctional officers. He suffered a broken eye socket and brain damage as a result of the vicious attack. He's now permanently blind in one eye. On another occasion, Scott Fairlame uh, Fairlam was confronted by an officer in the middle of the night and his life was threatened once the officer's body cam was disabled. Many, like myself, are afraid they could be the next victim. And last but not least, we experience racism from many guards on a daily basis, being the only white Republicans in the entire jail. The false nar- narrative is has been passed around the jail and to con- corrections officers that we are white supremacists. We are not. The inmate population is predominantly black, so we are at risk being here because of this false narrative. The guards are mostly liberal migrants from Africa who have been conditioned to hate us and hate America. January Sixers have been mocked, beaten, and ridiculed by guards for singing the national anthem. The corrections officers despise our politics and the love we have for this country. At one point, an officer even yelled, fuck America, and then threatened to lock us down for a week if we attempted to sing the national anthem again. The truth about my story. Finally, I feel I should touch briefly on the government and prosecutors' portrayal of who I am as a person. No, I'm not a terrorist, extremist, or any of the other names I've been called by the government. More than anything, I'm a red-blooded patriot, and I love this country more than anything. I am being unfairly prosecuted and definitely overcharged. I never assaulted anyone, destroyed property, or stole anything. I walked through wide-open doors to enter the Capitol, along with my camera crew, hoping to get the rally on video. I was never armed at any point inside the Capitol. Our goal was to make a documentary and get likes and shares in social media. Yes, I wore a costume that the prosecutor refers to as paramilitary gear and body armor, but it was for the movie and was nothing of the sort. And yet nine months later, here I sit with 10 years worth of charges and no hope for a future. The surveillance surveillance footage shows absolutely no signs of assault. And despite attempts by media companies to get it released to the public, the government has denied it. I think that's because they are fully aware that this footage is questionable at worst and exonerates me at best. Please don't be fooled by the media. I am a loving and peaceful person with no history of violence. This weaponized DOJ and their blatant resentment of my respect for President Donald Trump is putting me in a situation that makes me feel helpless in my current situation. How you can help. Despite me and other January Sixers experiencing these unthinkable conditions, all of us remain positive and hopeful that in the end, justice will prevail. We maintain a love for this country and the Constitution like no other. The only thing keeping us going is our undying patriotism, the camaraderie between one another, and our faith in God. 
please share this letter with everyone you know, friends and families, senators, representatives, political organizers, civil rights groups, and media outlets. The truth has to get out, and the jail must pay for what they are doing to this country's citizens. As a result of this unlawful detainment in the last nine months, I've lost everything. The successful business I spent 13 years of my life working on, my apartment in Las Vegas, social media accounts with a lifetime of memories, you name it. The government has essentially canceled me. Not only that, but following my arrest, my best friend of 12 years robbed my apartment, stole my cat, and hacked my personal Instagram with 100,000 plus followers. Since then, I often go between feelings of hopelessness and moments of depression. I wonder if I can ever recover from this, but I have to remind myself never to give up. There are major medical complications I now struggle with as a result of the jail's neglect of my health since being here. If there's any way I can hope to recover, my only hope are the ones who are reading this. I was on top of the world once upon a time, and that life now seems only like a distant memory. If there's anything you can do to help, I would really appreciate anything at all. Inmates are being extorted with lack of nutrition, forcing me to spend most of what's left on commissary, which I can no longer afford. I need still I need desperate help with my legal expenses and just help staying alive in here with the commissary and all the expenses I still have on the outside, as my livelihood and life have been stripped away from me. Thank you for... Anything you can afford, even if it's just a few dollars, it goes a long way in here. Sincerely and with love, Nathaniel DeGrave. No, it's uh, pretty powerful. It, kind it of, really is. DOC, they're referring to Department of Corrections, so you're aware. Um, and Before we it, take that break, though, and I know I just spent a lot like of time. We're like way over. I don't care. Um, so they're in a full-blown panic right now about January 6th. Between that letter and Tucker, so Tucker is putting out, and this releases tomorrow, the first part of his documentary about January 6th. So I just want to pray. Which the, is outstanding because I, I did watch the one on HBO. and It was or, terrible. And it was, I, I have never, it is so slanted. It's not even funny. It's disgusting. It doesn't even show you. Uh, they love to stop the camera. They actually very meticulously split their clips so that they don't, you don't see the times in which the guards actually open the gates and let people through. We watched it happen. Yeah, we sure We were on the ground watching it. We saw people like we saw the cops getting out of the way, clearing each part, going backwards, going all the way back up to the Capitol. The cops are actually opening the gates up, letting people through. This is no joke. This is all BS. Every part of this is crap. There's nothing about that, about this that is true. Absolutely. So here's Tucker's preview. Domestic war on terror is here, is coming after half of the country. The helicopters have left Afghanistan, and now they've landed here at home. And the left is hunting the right, sticking them in Guantanamo Bay for American citizens, leaving them there to rot. We are dealing with an insurgency in the United States. Terrorism from white supremacy is the most lethal threat to homeland. I've been told that I'm a white nationalist. Me. FBI, throw your hands up. They've begun to fight a new enemy in a new war on terror. Not Al-Qaeda, white supremacy. False flags have happened in this country. One of which may have been January 6th. So a couple years back, Mick bought me the My Pillow mattress topper with the Giza Dream sheets and the pillows for Mother's Day. 
And then COVID hit and I got furloughed. So I took the kids up to North Carolina for two weeks, but Mick could only get a week off of work. So he came up and joined me the second week. And three days in... What a mistake this was. <laughs> I called him and I said, whatever else you bring, you must bring the My Pillow mattress topper with the Giza Dream sheets and the pillows to North Carolina. And he said... You have got to be out of your mind. <laughs> I'm driving in a pickup truck. There is no way... That, well, mind you, we have a California King. It's probably the biggest bed I've ever slept in my whole entire life. It's Things great. huge. And this mattress topper takes up... Would have taken up, it did take up the whole back seat. I mean, it's three inches thick. And seriously, you could put this thing on top of concrete blocks and get an awesome night's sleep, which is kind of what we did because my amazing husband took the mattress topper with the Giza Dream Sheets and the pillows and put it in the back of the pickup truck and drove it 10 hours to the Outer Banks so that I could get a good night's sleep instead of sleeping on what felt like concrete blocks. Yeah. Because he's an amazing husband. And we brought... I brought two of the pillows, so we had the my pillows there. We had the my pillow mattress toppers, and we had uh, we had the dream sheets, and it was all worth it. And honestly, we haven't slept on anything else since. Nope. So it's horrible when we go on vacation and we can't bring it with us because I snore terribly, horribly. And even, I mean, even though it doesn't stop me from snoring, it does help him get a better night's sleep when I'm snoring away next to him. Yeah. So uh, definitely recommend it. Go out. Use the promo code DEFIANT, get up to 66% off your order. Um, as you can see right there, Mike Lindell's on the screen. We've got our uh, MyPillow slippers on today. They're amazing. And they're amazing I as wear well. them every day. We've got the MyPillow towels, and well worth it. The roll, and go, the roll and Go pillow, which is great. They have Bible verses on them as well. Not all of them, but if you'd like. They've also got a whole series of kids' pillows with yep. Bible verses on them, which is pretty fantastic because, you know, the best way to teach kids about faith and God is to get Let's them sleep started on early. Yeah, exactly. Like osmosis. So they also have, a, apparently they have coming out a pregnancy pillow, which uh, apparently we'll be getting as soon as uh, that happens as well. Yep. But um, so that that's, you can, you can go on there too if you're pregnant. Uh, my wife swears by the one that she had um, with our last child. Every pregnant woman needs a pregnancy pillow. It is life changing. So uh, go on there again. Use uh, promo code Defiant. Save up to sixty six percent off your order, and uh, get you some my pillow stuff. Uh, help out again. Two great patriots. Uh, you help us out. You help out uh, Michael Lindell, who's another great patriot. And uh, at the same time, you get yourself a really great product that's well worth your money. Good bang for the buck. And now he's got mystore.com as well, which is pretty fantastic. And he's got more products coming up every day. So uh, you can go to mystore.com and you can also use the promo code Defiant to save up to 66%. All kinds of stuff in here. Flags, t-shirts, spa products, um, dog stuff. And if you have a product made in America that you would like to see on mystore.com at the very bottom, you can submit your application for a product ready to market. And, and you're, you know, you're a patriot. Uh, this is another, you know, they're very selective about who they promote. You've got to be a patriot. You can't be a Hillary Clinton supporter and go on here and think you're going to get away with something because that's not going to happen. M Michael Lindell's not going to do that. He does his homework. So think about it. Um, if you're a patriot, you want to sell your products to patriots, to fellow patriots, this is where you go. This is where you do it. Uh, we did have a MyPillow bed for our dog. I'm telling you right now, again, 
my dog wouldn't sleep on anything else. He really wouldn't. We had to carry the bed from room to room. Even though we had a bed in every room, he would only sleep on his my pillow bed. So again, he was just as spoiled as I am. The dogs are ama- the dog beds are amazing. All of his products are amazing, folks. Just go out, you know, spend a, a couple extra bucks, especially with Christmas right around the corner. You got so much stuff coming up, uh, Christmas, birthdays, whatever. Uh, and supply chains right now are no joke. You cannot be sure if you buy something from China that it's going to get here in time for Christmas. It's probably going to end up sitting off the coast somewhere on a ship. And maybe you'll get it in time for Valentine's Day. Best way to beat the supply chain shortage is to buy American. So without any further ado, go get some MyPillow stuff. And uh, thanks for listening. And we're back. And we're going to get into our news roundup. This will be quick, fast, and hurry. And to the point, we're going to shoot through these. Uh, these will be posted in our Telegram account. Just stuff that you, uh, I think are not really necessarily important. Some are funny. Some are stupid. Some are uh, just stories that were been released within the last week. So big one was uh, Fox News, uh, according to... Uh, Mr. Potato Head, old Brian Stelter himself. <laughs> Fox News has a relatively small base, credibly among minority uh, a minority of the country, according to him. He said the highest rated, highest ranked. Understand, he said this: the highest rated and highest ranked network cable news, Fox News, is loud but relatively small base, according to Brian Stelter. CNN hasn't broken a million views on any show in over a month. Yeah, actually almost uh, it's more like four months now. Uh, Hannity is actually has the numbers on that and he's been counting that. It's been like four months since they broke a million views. So go check this article out. Quite funny. Because Brian Stelter goes on and he hosts a segment calling for reporters to cover uh, this is CNN again folks. Remember CNN they're fair and balanced. They know well they're not fair and balanced. They're what? Um we cover the news, the real news, the news you want to know about. So CNN's Brian Stelter hosts a segment calling for reporters to cover Republicans differently than they cover Democrats. Really? Haven't they been doing that for the last year? Yes. I, I'm just wondering. What's different? Shut up, Brian. You're an idiot. Uh, but it gets better because then Reuters, uh, this came out Reuters. of uh, uh, Reuters. Yeah, I keep screwing that one It's up. not Roto Reuter, babe. Yeah, I know. I know. It I should know, be. I know. I know. So anyway, um, this came out of, I want to say this was uh, Prime News Magazine. I think it is. Yeah. Anyway, Prime News Magazine, Reuters published an article. Uh, and understand this is Reuters. They are mainly, mainly what? Left-leaning. Left-leaning, right? Yeah. So they published um, an article which talked about the establishment outlet of fact-checked alleged rumors on social media that President Joe Biden used a white power gesture during the CNN Tower Hall in Baltimore, Baltimore, Maryland, on Thursday of this past week. Um, He held up his hands with an OK symbol showing zero cents. It's going to cost the American taxpayers zero cents in response to a question about tax rates. Reuters said there was no indication that his gesture in any way was connected with any white power groups, according to the Reuters article. And in the article, they stated that the piece, piece led to Biden's hand gesture was in reference to corporations not paying taxes. Biden can be heard saying that along with the motion, uh, you have 55 co- uh, corporations, for example, in the United States, which has been debunked. I don't know how many times now. We're up to at least a thousand times with that one, that it's been debunked that over the, these 55 corporations that make up this supposed that they haven't paid their fair fair share in taxes. Um, I think Biden's included in that because he owes like a hundred grand in taxes. Yeah, he's he owes like almost. I thought it was like six hundred grand, something like that. I thought it was like six hundred grand in back taxes. He owes something Probably. like that. Anyway, um, it's ridiculous from the historical uh, Great White Service that users quote clearly being uh, fe- fe- facetious and either fact fact check team 
fact check team didn't bother checking out the accounts or willfully ignored the, that something that seems absolutely real. And these are just comments that are on there. And they're actually quite funny that if this was Donald Trump doing it, the OK symbol of white supremacy is a long one running on the left and has been assigning, been weaponized against very prominent uh, in, prominent figures, including especially ex-president Donald Trump in an article by none, less, none other than Forbes, for example, and the article in Rolling Stone saying that Donald Trump used the OK symbol and, oh, it was white supremacist. It was a white supremacy symbol, yet Joe Biden can use it and apparently no biggie. It looks like a six to me. He's an idiot. So get this. So Merrick Garland, we, we're going to play some stuff about Merrick Garland. Uh, matter of fact, if VLAN, you want to hit that one real quick, because I know this isn't very long. This is a pretty short clip. But some of this stuff, folks, is just getting out of hand. Merrick Garland is just getting torched out there. Uh, he was on the Senate floor earlier this week. I'm sure you all saw this already, but we want to play it for some comedic relief. But then I've got an article that talks about something he said following this. This is shameful. This, here, this testimony, your directive, your performance is shameful. Okay. That's not thank, thank God you are not on the Supreme Court. You that, should resign in disgrace, Judge. This is shameful. That, that's that's uh, uh, that that unawful, uneasy silence there. Crickets. Um, he was uh, like, uh, yeah. Uh, what do, uh, I don't know what, what do I say? say? <laughs> uh, what do I do here? Uh, what do I what do I do with my hands? Um, I'm on TV. What do I do with my hand? Anyway, um, so he came back out and the National School Board apologized for comparing parents to domestic terrorists. Yeah, right. They still compare uh, parents to domestic terrorists. But it gets better because Mayor Garland turns around and says directly after this testimony. He went in front of the Senate saying that there was no direct connection to domestic terrorists and parents in school board meetings. He went in and said that. He said that it was used as a way to keep violence out of school board meetings. Okay, what about the school board members that have been threatening the parents now? Are yeah. they going to be targeted as domestic terrorists? Well, it gets better because then uh, this came out October 27th. He went to Senate Judiciary Committee on Wednesday. And the Department of Justice, he said that even following his testimony in front of the Senate Ju Judiciary Committee, he said, parents, we're still going to keep targeting parents of National School Board Associations that walk back inflammatory language, contain his letter demanding that Biden uh, administration, administration intervene per the school boards. Uh, the NSBA, or the National School Board Association, released a statement last week expressing regret for sending the letter and admitted that there was no justification some of the language included in the letter. Uh, your memo mentions that the National Security Division will get involved if the National School Board investigates is the Justice Department and National Security Division really necessary to keep local school boards safe if, in fact, parents aren't domestic terrorists? Iowa Republican Senator Chuck Grassley asked, why is there a National Security Division involved at all? This kind of looks like something that would come out of some communist country. Uh, Garland claimed that the memo uh, publicly focused on the violence and threat of violence against school board committees, but did not comment rescinding the memo nor disavowing the involvement of federal law enforcement and local issues. Look what they're trying to do here, folks. We're going to federalize the police department. That is what they're pushing for. Now, understand in some cases it already is done because if police departments don't uphold a certain level, the federal government steps in and takes control. And if they eliminate half their workforce over mandates, then the federal government has no choice but to step in and take control. Ooh, now you see where I was going Does with this. Does that also count with fire departments? Uh, no, because there is no federal fire department out there. Mm. 
Uh, in the House Judiciary... Back to, hold on, does that go back to Pelosi trying to push the Capitol Police out into various cities? Hmm. Hmm. Kind of like field offices with the Bureau and the so, Secret yeah. Service. Oh, yeah. and like everything. That actually have a national mission. Again. The Capitol Police do not have a national mission. Everything's connected. Hmm. So anyway... Keep, keep an eye on this story, folks. Watch it. Uh, I'm telling you right now, this is all in an attempt to federalize uh, police departments locally here and everywhere else in the country. Um, it's scary when you think about it because you talk about a nationalized federal police department. You are really looking at a Soviet error system. That is something that happened to the Soviets. Didn't really work out so, so, so well for them. And who would have authority then? Would it be the sheriffs or would it be the federal police department? That's where the problem becomes. Yeah. Because the sheriff would hold more power in the state because states hold more power than the federal government, according to the constitution, but who they don't read the Constitution. What, what did you say in they social red They don't pill, read the Constitution. The they don't project. give a shit about exactly. the law. They don't read the Constitution. It, none of that counts anymore. So nothing could be more obvious about that than Newsom responding to In-N-Out's refusal to monitor customers and vaccination status, which this I find really funny because In-N-Out is just a, it's a, it's a burger joint. I've been to them. I, I, there's a lot of people that swear by In-N-Out burger. I'm, I'm not one of them. Um, I, I look at it as a burger joint. It, it's something that combats as far as i'm concerned mcdonald's um their burgers are a lot better than mcdonald's i'll give them that they taste a lot better um but one of the big things democrat governor uh california gavin newsom recently commented on the burger chain in and out refusal to comply with local government <laughs> mandates and mind you two in and out burgers in california have been shut down now because of this i think it's up to five is it no, as I, of this morning, I know i know when i read this story a couple days ago yeah, I it saw, was two I saw it this morning and uh, so, came out it's five now it might be five now so he said he wouldn't get caught up in the situational issues but he agreed that the chain is one of the greatest concerns of our home-based businesses and has great respect and admiration for him but he's got so much great respect and admiration for him he's shutting them down mm -hmm. because they refuse to abide by the communist dictator gavin newsom's orders that they have to check vaccination status of the customers and they refuse to do it hey as far as i'm concerned that's a patriot issue at that point I mean, they're not the vaccine police they get my full full respect and my support i think they shouldn't do it i don't think they they they're, they have no what is your legal authority to know my vaccination? And status? isn't that a HIPAA violation? It most certainly is. And I believe that in and out needs to file a lawsuit against the state of California right now for HIPAA violations that they are mandating their employees to make, which is a direct HIPAA violation, which is a federal fucking law, people. Uh, it is not about... Folks, I've, told, I've said this once. I'm going to say it again. I am not anti-vax. I am the anti-freedom to choose. I am against that completely. You're you, against the freedom to choose? Everybody else should have the freedom of choice. When you take away that freedom, that is my issue. I have sworn it up and down. I'm still waiting. We have yet to have a mandate in my fire company. When that happens, I am walking out with every other employee that is not going to get the vaccine. I will walk out, not because I'm vaccinated, not because I'm trying to make a show. No, because we are not being given the option to get vaccinated or not. We It should be optional. It should never be mandatory. My wife, she can't get it. She gets a vaccine, and she's I, going to I die from it. I wouldn't have anyway, but yeah. But even still, even if she thought about getting it, she can't get it because she, her body will not do it. It's just like, I can't eat pineapples. 
I got one of those weird allergies. I've got a, a, an allergy to pineapples. They will literally kill me. Yep. So I'm never going down to Hawaii anytime soon and just sitting around the beach saying, oh, I want to eat some fruit. You couldn't get in anyway. that doesn't happen. I could. You could. I couldn't. So understand what this is here. All right. This is just his inference. He doesn't care. He made it through the recall. I, I don't understand it. I don't know how, but he made it through the recall. He so cheated. look at what he's doing. He doesn't care. He's going to come down on these companies. Um, in and out just happens to be the first one in the long chain of companies that are going to get destroyed. And instead, you know, his pot companies are still going to be, you know, number one out there <clears throat> making money because they're considered essential employees. Oh, and guess what? The pot companies in California, they don't have to wear masks. Really? They don't have to get a vaccine either. Really? How about that one? Really? Yeah, isn't that weird? So the firefighters have to wear masks and get jabbed, but the dispensaries don't. Nope. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That kind of is. So, yeah. uh, and more more news, and we're not going to spend a lot of time on this because I believe that this is a bunch of smoke and mirrors, and we're now finding out even more information that says that um, old Alec Baldwin shot this chick on purpose um, in response to some other stuff that she was about to be working on. Uh, so far, the pieces are slowly coming together. But once again, another conspiracy deriving from Alec Baldwin and shooting this uh, film uh, cinematographer that died. Um, they found hundreds of live rounds. They were actually really shooting with these guns on the set. Apparently, uh, when they're in their downtime, there were guys taking these guns out and shooting out by where this was happening in New Mexico. Um, they found hundreds of live rounds on the set. Um, she was shot by an actual round. Uh, so was the other guy. The other guy got shot. It well, went it was one his, bullet. Yeah, it was went through his side and hit her in the chest and killed her. And he was wounded from it. But. Um, this is getting ridiculous now, and it looks like there may be char charges coming forward against Alec Baldwin. Go figure. Um, that'll be interesting. We'll see. Like I said, we're going to take a knee, drink some water, and we're going to take some tackle pac tactical patience on this one. I don't think it's going to happen. I hold no hope for the Justice Department, but you never know. Um, I have one last story in the news roundup here, and that is coming out of the Washington Examiner, a poll Fauci lied, resign. Now, if you remember back in August, I said that the one thing that could unite this country against Fauci was the dogs, that he was, he funded the poor beagles, that they put them in cages and cut their vocal cords so that the researchers didn't have to listen to their cries. And then they filled these cages with sand flies, just their heads were in them, and they were eaten alive. And that is absolutely disgusting. And now this poll come out uh, from Rasmussen, 49% of Americans say he's not to hold the truth about U.S. funding of gain-of-function research, or Fauci. Uh when asked if he should be forced to resign as director of the NIAID, 46% yes, 40% said no. And uh, then in the latest Rasmussen Reports, National Telephone and Online Survey finds that only 33% of likely voters believe Fauci has told the truth. And that's a decline from June when 40% say they told the truth. So, uh, of course, among Republicans, 67% want him to resign. Democrats, only 24% thinks that he should resign. So, again, this is a partisan issue. Um, but Fauci, Fauci needs to go and not just resign, but Fauci needs to go to jail. That would be accurate. So, um, coming up. Tomorrow night, we've got uh, Candace Taylor coming back on. Uh, she's going to be on the show tomorrow night. So uh, all my Georgians out there, get ready. Uh, congratulations, Georgia, for whooping up on Florida. That was uh, a pretty good game. Watched it. Notre Dame won too, so don't forget that one. They did pull off a victory last night, which was pretty bad. 
Um, also, the Braves won, um, but it was really funny because I was talking to a bunch of my friends and the Braves that are Braves fans. They were like, oh, yeah, we're going to win the whole thing. And I was like, wait a minute. This is also the team that had a, um, a halftime lead of 27 to what against the Patriots? And what happened to the Falcons? I'm just saying. I'm throwing that out there. But I, I mean, I'm, you're talking about football. Who cares? I'm talking about baseball. Whatever. But anyway, either although, way. Although Trump did go to that he game. He did. And he was and doing he the was chop. He doing the Patriot chop. And I got to say, no, Trump he's doing the Brave chop. Whatever. It's the Patriot chop now. Yeah, well, now it is but it is it was it was pretty funny and it was pretty outstanding if uh, you think that georgia game. actually went for biden watch that game yeah i tell you That's what that, I there's a say. lot of georgians there that were doing something different and i mean we got game four coming up tonight so they could clinch it up tonight and it would be nice to see i, I wouldn't mind seeing it to be honest with you i don't want to see houston win another one but that's just me anyway we were going to finish this out with um the velociraptor spe- speaking in front of the un but in- instead i found this clip and since it's halloween i'm going to play this one instead so again james o'keefe to finish us out <laughs> The only thing I have a problem with that is is uh, that was the original Jeffrey Epstein, so I'm not really sure what James O'Keefe is doing there. That's my <laughs> only problem with that. Either way, folks, again, tomorrow night we've got uh, Candace Taylor coming on. Uh, this week, who do we have coming up this week? Uh, I know we've got, uh, I think we're going on Ann Vandersteel or Ann Vandersteel's coming, coming on, on, on our ours. show. So let's so we see. got Ann Vandersteel coming tomorrow up. Tomorrow we've got Josh and Dr. Sherwood. Yep. Um, and... They were originally supposed to be separate, but Josh likes to talk as much as we do, so I think I might just mend them, meld them together, and have them have Doctor Sherwood come on while we have. Josh I think all on. three, all four, five of us should be on there. That'd be awesome. Four of us, Candace comes oh, on at night. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, then uh, Anne on Wednesday, um, Hannah from the Red Patriot Show on Thursday, and then we head to Denver right after that. Then we're going to be on... Um, I thought we had Jack this week, too. I thought we were, Jack was coming I'm, on our I'm, show. Yeah, well, we're doing a news podcast on... Uh, Thursday? Wednesday. Wednesday with, with Jack. Yeah, so Jack's I think we'll, we'll bring Jack on if he's available. I'm yeah, we're going to try one. and bring him on our show and have him uh, you know, promote his own show and have him do some news with us. I mean, instead of bringing him on just for one of his customary uh, rants, uh, we're just going to have him come on and just uh, do the news with us. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Yep. Um, so either way, stay tuned, stay focused, um, stay proud, and remember, we're all into this together. At the end of the, end of the day, we're all in this together. Either way, however this works out, we're all in this together. We've got to come together. We've got to figure out a way to work together. And uh, we're just here calling it out, folks. We're just letting you know what you don't know about the news. We're just letting you know what you're not hearing because there's a lot of other stuff in there. So uh, like we always say, uh, just st- stick around. We might grow on you. Like, share, subscribe, of course. And uh, we're going to... 
we got a couple more. I got a couple more ads we got to put out real quick, and then uh, we're going to close this thing out for today. Have a happy Halloween. Stay safe out there. Um, remember, check your candy and watch out for those child molesters because they're all over the place. Remember, check your kids' candy because parent tax, I think, has gone up with the rest of the taxes. It's closer to 20% now instead of 10%. Yeah, so that means you get two out of 10 pieces instead of just one. So make sure, check that candy thoroughly. Those Reese's peanut butter cups are the best. So uh, appreciate it, folks. And uh, we've had a big uptick we we appreciate all the listeners that have come to us uh josh well i want to extend my hand uh, a big thank you to josh for bringing us on a show we had a blast we really did we had a really good time if you haven't listened to it please go look up the social red pill the red pill, or, project. The red pill project it's on apple itunes it's on everywhere you can get uh i think our podcast yep. i think they're even on spotify um which we're not on spotify but go on there just listen um it was a really good episode there was a lot of stuff we talked about we covered a lot of information in two hours worth of time. I mean, it felt like it went back by in 15 minutes. And it's really funny because towards the end there, I asked him, I said, how, how much time did you have us allotted for? And he was like, uh, only 30 minutes. And we were on for like <laughs> yeah. two hours, swear to God. So I'm, again, I'm just throwing out a big one to Josh and all the people out there, uh, Vince and all the guys that were on with us the other night. We had a blast. We really did. We had a really good time. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And uh, so either way, so stay tuned. Uh, we've got more coming up and uh, we'll be back. Appreciate you coming and listening today. Like, share, subscribe, tell your friends. Yep. And uh, we're going to close this out with a couple ads and we will uh, talk to you later. See you tomorrow night. Not going to take it. Not going to take it. So we were excited to have Dr. Mark Sherwood on a few weeks ago. And in fact, he'll be on again uh, regularly every couple of weeks. And he and his wife, Dr. Michelle, have a foundational medicine clinic in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, they also have a free ebook. If you go to sherwood.tv backslash Patriot Party, you can sign up for their free ebook. And the great thing about their book and their functional medicine business is that it doesn't just treat your body, it also treats your mental health, and your spiritual health. And I think too many doctors these days neglect the spiritual health especially, but mental health as well. They just push medicines that make you need more medicines. It's a revolving door for big pharma. But at the Sherwoods Functional Medicine Clinic and with their ebook and their line of vitamins and supplements, they treat the entire body. They treat your physical health, your mental health, and your spiritual health. And in today's world, that is incredibly important. So go to Sherwood.tv backslash Patriot Party and get the free ebook, or go to Sherwood.tv and you can learn all about how to stay healthy. Uh, they have a 120-day health transformation. It's really fantastic. And I believe you can also use the promo code, isn't it, uh, Patriot Party? Patriot Party. And that'll save you... 10%, 10 I, believe. I believe off the order. So uh, again, another great Patriot, another great Patriot organization to go uh, get yourself better, get more healthy, get better healthy, get, learn about becoming more healthy, learn about, you know, using the proper supplements and the proper uh, natural things instead of going to a pharma pharmacological doctor who's going to prescribe you everything. And then some underneath the sun, which is just putting more toxins in your body, learn how to do it naturally. So uh, definitely go there, check them out. Again, you're helping out another great patriot. You're helping us out. Give it a shot. See what happens. Uh, you might be surprised. Okay. All right, folks. These allergies are killing me. 
And at this point, I don't know if it's allergies or if it's COVID because they seem like they've lasted forever. And it finally rained today and I still can't breathe. So I bit the bullet and I went on drstellamd.com today and I got us some hydroxychloroquine. There you go. Because you can save 5% with the promo code DEFIANT on both your teledoc visit and your prescription. And they will ship them to you from mom and pop pharmacies across the country. So when you go to drstellamd.com, right here, at the bottom, well, look, you can order her vitamin, which is amazing, her book, which is also fantastic, and then telehealth services with Dr. Stella. So you click on that, the telehealth services, and you register below. You book your consultation here. If you're currently sick, they will send your prescription to a local pharmacy to you, and you can go pick it up from there. If you just want it for preventative health um, because you're feeling a little off, but you don't think you have full-blown COVID, then they will ship it directly to you. So the visit, the teledoc visit was $150. The hydroxychloroquine was $115. They do have ivermectin as well. That's a little bit pricier. That's running $470. However, you get 5% off of all of that with the promo code DEFIANT, Defiant. at yep. drstellamd.com. And uh, they're a little bit behind because they have a lot of people going on right now. So they're a couple days behind, but better to do it now. So need, you- and, need and not have, or need, <laughs> better to need and uh, to have and not need than to need and not, or need and not have. Exactly. So we'll be getting our hydroxychloroquine here in the next week or two. Um, it'll be shipped directly to our house and we saved 5% as well. Yep. So go on there, use promo code DEFIANT, and save yourself 5% off of hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin. And uh, enjoy the rest of the show.